This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. We're here. We are. You made it happen, George. Oh, you know, you made it happen, and you know, we wanted to come down here and see Dennis Friel and the whole bit. And you like the place? I love it. It's like when I first came in, compared to where you were, it has such a warm, like it's more of a home type feeling that mm-hmm. you really get in the fishing mood when you come here. And I think the the colors are just right to put you in that that type of mood. Yeah, where, I like uh, it. where am I? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, this is really cool. I feel like I'm in. A place that I would, if you weren't around, I would just take a few of these things and quietly go out the door. But I'm assuming you want to, I don't see a cash register, but no, really, really impressive store. Thank in you. A, in a perfect location. There's probably more fishermen. And I lived in Lighthouse Point for almost 20 years and Pompano before that. Mm-hmm. There's more great fishermen between Pompano, Lighthouse Point, and Boca than maybe anywhere in the world. In the world. Yep. We say that on the show all the okay, time. And, and that is one of the reasons why. We, we had to move our operation from Sleepy Coral Springs, to which there's a certain charm to that, to here, Napompano, because we just feel that if you can go anywhere else on the planet, and he's mentioned a few other places that do compete with it, but really, pound for pound? Yeah. If you go to Los Sueños, you go to anywhere in Costa Rica, or down there at Tropic Star, or any of these big tournaments anywhere in the world, chances are you're going to find someone from Pompano there. That's so true. Well, right, now, fishing it. to play point counterpoint here i mean there's no doubt this is a beautiful area you're, you're in the right location as far as the the concentration of saltwater anglers but when he used to be in coral springs and he would invite me it was like a three three minute three mile drive from my house over there <laughs> yeah. and, and then he had things all backwards 10 o'clock in the morning he would do these things and be putting polar rum out and yeah. you know and, <laughs> At least now he upgraded to three in the afternoon. I've been drinking on the morning radio show for 30 years, so this is nothing new to me. I I made a career of it. You know, the interesting other side of this is with all these great fishermen between Pompano and Lighthouse Point, 
I think Broward County is probably the worst fishing. In, yeah. in no one fishes here, right? It's the like, worst. It's, yeah. You know, unfortunately, I don't. I think it's because of maybe the flow from the intercoastal isn't as great, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the reason. And, and again, this thing with Coral Springs, George. With all due respect, you're one of the most respected fishermen on the planet Earth. What are you doing out there? I, I made it a point. It's a quietness. That I it refuse was... to live west of 95. I can't. It's it, just, it, I feel it's weird. It's quiet. And then when we had bought out there in Parkland, uh, as you know, I'm a Miami native. Born and raised in Miami. Yep. That's why, you know, with the strong fishing routes, I know so many areas I still, to this day, trailer a lot down to the fish because I've got the area wired out. Plus, as you just said, how tough it is in Broward, unless things are, you get a good current or something's passing yep. through. If you know where to go and how to do it out of Miami, you're always going to find some kind of consistent fishing. But when our daughters are growing up, or my first one, my wife said, you know, let's go to a nice area that, you know, where the schools are really good. And that's what she wanted to do. So, you know, like you well, said, I get that. She, the wife she, wins. She wins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Every so time. We, and, and, and um, you know, it's nice. It's quiet. And, and as much as I do with saltwater and I travel, it's like a refreshing break. You know, you, you sort of get out of the salt just a little bit and you're out there. It's like you could breathe a little bit easier it's wide a little more open and mm. and uh plus he lives in the landings in parkland which is i'm not going to take over the interview here but i, I have no, to no you can no, please no, no. do yeah, i don't mean to but because uh, you and i You're both not. you and i both have kids yeah um i have an older son my stepson he's been with me since he was two and he's a 30 year old guy now and i have my son aj nick my oldest didn't even want to see a fishing pole. I tried everything, diving, fishing. He didn't yeah. like the water. Didn't want to be anywhere near it. Uh, he's out in Colorado now. That's where he lives. He's yeah. much happier. AJ, he'd rather not be anywhere than on the water. Well, there oh, you go. He's so an animal. At least huh? you, yeah, at least you were what a fifty percent, and you did that. Yeah. My, my daughters, when they were young, I would take them out. They would enjoy it, but then they just have like zero interest in it all. Isn't that something? And 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 with my family, like my dad was the one who had. The fishing. He was the one who got me into this. And uh, outside of myself, there was really nobody else in my family that liked the fish. It was my dad and then it was me. And and I would try to talk to my daughters now. Let's go fishing. No, I don't like that. And it's just weird that the genes hit my dad and they came to me. I think for me. Uh, we moved to Florida from New York in 1971, and I don't, I, I never fished in New York, I don't believe. And we moved to Lake Osborne in, in Palm Beach County, and I don't know where it came from or what, but I, my mom and dad gave me a fishing pole. And I walked to the lake and I came back with 40 brim, and they were like, "What, what, what is this? What do we the do gate, with them? The gateway fish? I got caught fish." You know? and, but my grandfather, uh, my father never fished, never was into it at all. But my grandfather took me on the drift boat. And to this day, I remember the first time I saw a ballyhoo hit the blue water and the color, and then and then it would come back with a bonito or a or a <laughs> dolphin or a barracuda, and seeing those colors and you as an artist, yeah, when you, those colors are the first thing that I remember, and I'll never forget and those the light, colors because there's a there's the light, this yeah. a special kind of light that hits a fish that you don't get anywhere else on the planet. Maybe if you look into a diamond, you might find it, but th- that's about it. And the yeah. water we have, you know, say what you want about the fishing around here, but I mean that Gulf Stream blue. You go to Panama. I love the fishing in Panama, mm-hmm. but the water's brown. Yep. You know, yep, and Costa sure, Rica yep. and all yep. those spots. There's nothing like what we Not, have. When you get no. the true vein of the of the Gulf Stream moving tight in in the color, it's almost a cobalt. When you get that real yeah. strong stream moving in tight, and uh, there's nothing like it. And you know, you kidding around about Fort Lauderdale. It's you know I, I've heard it referred to numerous times at the north end of the Dead Sea at at a Fort Lauderdale. Uh-huh. Just <laughs> and I think it's just so much industry. Yeah. And it, it just. 
that less things are happening to pass. I think the water quality is a big issue, as it is pretty much everywhere, even even well, down south. If you go 12 miles to the east, you got some of the best sort of fishing grounds. Yeah, you're yeah. right. But so. you're getting away from a lot of the influence of the right. near shore and intercoastal and, we that, have a, and that coming out. We have a running gag on my boat whenever we're fishing, and things are going slow. And I'll say, should I say it? And he's like, no, don't say it. <laughs> and it's usually those two words, the Dead Sea. You know, yeah. the Dead sea. And once yeah. someone says Dead Sea, we just pull up. We start reeling and grunts. We're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want to introduce you guys. Not that you guys need an introduction. So I will just say that. But thank you very much for coming to join us here. Connected great. by Water, presented by mm-hmm. Joey Cardi Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, and Papa's Pilar Rum. All right, now that I got my, <laughs> yeah. my requirement out of the way, right? Hey, I got to mention those guys. Um, Thank you very much for joining us in the studio today we're here to drink some rum and have a good time and not solve any of the world's problems please and um i and at john's request i always have to say like listen subscribe to youtube and you know all that technical stuff that i always forget to say um check out our website that has all of our podcasts listed and um check us out on spotify.com if you're just listening and not watching um i want to promote a couple things real quick um the Jimmy Johnson guitar is up there on the Pilar bar. It is done. I just got to get the balls to take the tape off right now, which is a little <laughs> bit of a Please do it sketch. in front of us. Yes, I can. <laughs> I, I can. After the show, we'll definitely do that. Um, I want to say that our grand opening, we have selected a date for our store here. We're going to do our grand opening party Sunday, March 14th. We are taping off the parking lot. We're going to have cornhole. We're going to have Micah's coming up from the Keys to play. Um, and we're going to have some, might have some of this outside, but I'm not legally allowed to say that. <laughs> you can give it away. You yeah. can't sell it. Yeah, it's, uh, we're going to give it yeah. away and, 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 and pour some samples for everybody. And, um, you know, and we're just going to have a good time. So, you know, we're, we're expecting a lot of people. So that's why we want to close off the parking lot and just show people have somewhere to stay. So they're not all packed awesome. in here. Um, uh, in a minute, Justin's going to show up and we are going to feature a product from ACR. Mm-hmm. Um, we remind you of the science of survival. So maybe he'll bring an EPR, maybe he'll bring something. I don't know what he's bringing. And he's so, bringing one, one for each of us. Right, one, one for each of us. Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, the Paul Casanova show is on weekdays from 10 a.m. on Big 106, and you are just wrapping wait, 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 up. Wait, from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. What do they say? From 10 a.m. I, I said wanna, from 10 a.m.? From 10 a.m., yeah. I, 6 a.m. to I'm 10 a.m. I'm getting up way too early. <laughs> he's the pro, not me. Right. No, no, so, no. yeah. So the, uh, I am bound to say that incorrectly. I, I apologize. All so right, buddy. Your season, you're wrapping up your we season few, 21. Uh, or I think we have four more episodes in a new season airing on discovery channel on Sunday mornings at eight o'clock. And then after we finish those in quarter one, then they rear again on discovery in quarter two. So they repeat the series mm-hmm. and then we go back to work and, um, in April starting to shoot for 2022 for, uh, my series. Awesome. Awesome. I'm, and that's I feel like such Sundays, a fanboy right? with you. I, I, like <laughs> I watch his shows and I'm like texting him like, that was a great, yeah. I feel like he must look at me like, okay, okay, calm down, Castro. Yeah, like it's an honor groupie, what, yeah. what, what, when a guy like Paul pays you a compliment wow. and, um, you know, he, he's been, not to really make him sound old, but he's been such a instrumental voice in the South Florida radio scene it's like yeah. the voice that you know growing up you're listening to him again not to make you sound old oh that's okay i've been doing and, it a while what, yeah what's good about him too is he's got that that hook pun intended he's a he's a good saltwater angler so you've got that connection as well so uh when he says good things you know i always I like it i always looked at myself as more of an angler than like when my son gets on the boat he's rigging and tying and everything else. i'm 
I can catch fish. For some reason, I can catch him. I'm good at it. But as far as rigging goes, I let let him do it. Yeah. And I hate the fact that he's off in college because I don't have my mate with me. I'm stuck <laughs> rigging in the garage. I'm, I'm just not as quick. George does it all. I love the technical part about the rigging and yeah. the, the art involved, especially when you're rigging up trolling offshore baits and all. It's mm-hmm. it to me. It's it's it encompasses everything yes the angling is very important and that's the prestigious part that's what you like getting down and dirty with the fish and catching the fish and all that but to me it's the whole picture the excitement starts if you know you're going to go two three days from now depending on the type of fishing you're in your garage you're rigging tackle you're doing the leaders if it's a trolling type deal that involves natural baits like the day before you'll set your time aside and start rigging the baits and you're really ramping yourself up excitement you know people think that that's a lot of work doing all the rigging in this garage to paint a neck, let somebody else do it. But it sort of ramps that excitement level and it brings it up to here. So when you clear that inlet, first thing that morning, there's not a damn thing that needs to be done other than trying to go out and look for signs that are going to lead you to fish. And like, okay, you take the wheel. I'm going to rig a dozen ballyhoo really quick. No, your job is done the night before, in my opinion. And that morning, you're watching electronics, you're scanning the rising, and you and everybody in that boat has that one objective Look for signs that are going to lead you to fish. And then, boom, when you get in that area, tackle, everything is ready to go, and you just employ it all. Mm-hmm. And, Absolutely. And I think so much of that success is done or won, you know, the day, even before well, a trip. Adding to that, I just made the greatest purchase since I started fishing, aside from my boat and all my tackle. Mm-hmm. And it is going to change the game because the biggest issue with us is – Who's going to get the ice? You want to pick up the ice? You want to get the ice? (laughs) You got an ice maker? Dude, I bought a Mac Daddy from some restaurant supply store in Fort Lauderdale. The thing's like eight years old, a Mackinac or Mackinac, something. Yeah, yeah. And a 450-pound bin. I built. That's the way to go. Dude, I built a shed on the side of the house. It lives in it. It's got a Us bang. guys in Coral Springs can't do that kind no, of stuff. I understand. <laughs> I know, yes. yes, and I have a permit. If anyone's listening, we did have it permitted. But but <laughs> it's awesome. My friends are like, can I come over and see the machine? It, can't it's, see it. it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's the first thing that Harris bought his house. My partner uh, at the business here, Harris bought his house in Deerfield over in the Cove neighborhood mm. just to keep his intrepid behind there. His first thing he did was he put, he put a oh, put, and, uh, put and, an ice machine It's literally in the 20 feet from my boat. Yeah. So what we do now is... There's no more first thing in the morning scrambling. Sure. We ice the boat down the night before. That's what we do too. And if we have to top it off with maybe one or two buckets, but that wakes up my wife and that's another conversation. But (laughs) but it's really nice to have, you know, everything ready to go. I don't put the rods on the boat because these, you know, who's are out there Mm -hmm. at night, God knows what they're doing, stealing from us. And we've been hearing these stories left and right, but you know, the rods are ready to go. We've load them and we're gone. It's, it's, that's, that adds so much to the, it's usually, I got to go to Publix. I forgot the ice, whatever. It's funny you say yeah. Publix. That's our re-icing deal. Mm-hmm. You know, out West, you go to Publix because they have the 10 pound bags, the big, bag, the big yeah. 20 pound. Yeah. Yep. So you get about two or three shopping carts with the 20 <laughs> and you load it. <laughs> yeah. Then you got to put in your truck. Then you go with your boat. Then you got to pack the fish box. You got to pack everything else, but yeah. you know, it's a royal pain in the neck. Best thing you know, ever. You got yeah. 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 to come over just to see it. Nice. <laughs> so you mentioned uh, the whole fanboy aspect of it, right? Or somebody did, right? But I got to say from my perspective, right? I got you two sitting in front of me right now. This is probably the greatest moment that the show has, has seen, right? And, and I mean that. Oh, come on. You already sure. have us here. You don't have to really Set start. Set your sights higher, man. Nah, 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 you need to shoot a lot higher. No, no, but I'll explain to you why. I'll explain to you why. And I've talked about this on the show. Like people always want to glorify those idiots out in Hollywood, right, about being the famous people. But 
This is South Florida. Oh, I thought this you is about Hollywood, Florida. What are you talking about? Hollywood, California. <laughs> okay, but this is homegrown South, South Florida talent, right, yeah. right, right in front of me, right. Everyone in this room, and really, like these are the guys that I grew up idolizing. Like these, these are the famous people to me. Not, not the Tom Cruise's of the world and everything like that. So I'm honored to have you guys God, on the show. Right? Well, appreciate so it. So I went to Gibbons. <clears throat> I may have told you this story already. So I went to Cardinal Gibbons, graduated a while ago, and I used to do the announcements in class before the school at the beginning of the day every morning. <laughs> I right? did the same thing. That's how I started. And I ended on your influence the announcements every day at school going, have a heck. No, you did not. I did. I did. <laughs> Nobody ever told me that after all these years. I did. And but no, but no, but my friend Kim Rod, this is back in like because the I'm 90s. Gonna to, I'm going to have to go and, you know, have my attorney contact you. I, I copyrighted that a long time ago. I'm just saying. Now they have bots that get out there on the internet. No, but, but I guess, um, yeah, so my friend Kim phoned into the show and told you that. And you're like, oh, cool, that's great. Dennis Real does that, whatever, like that. So my name oh, was like said over the radio. Really this happened? is back in the okay. 90s. Yeah, no, a long time, yeah, long time, yeah. a long time ago. Like I said, it was one of my so, great moments. I remember. No. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> that's so cool, though. Yeah, no, it was cool. So every day, it would have a hectic day, have a hectic day to the point where the teachers were walking by me every day. Hey, have a hectic day. I'm so, like, so you two were basically so, school announcers, uh, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah I guess was. so. I guess so. I used to imitate, you know, you grew up here. Yeah. Remember WSHE? She's sure. only rock and yeah. roll. So when I was in high school in 78, I graduated in Lake Worth. Um, I used to listen to the DJs in the morning <laughs> with their cool voices because of the seventies that they, it wasn't really talk radio like we do. It was like, mm -hmm. WSHE, mm -hmm. Fort Lauderdale, Miami. They were the cool guys. So I would do my morning announcements with that ridiculous voice. <laughs> and all my buddies knew what I was doing. Yeah. They were like, you're doing the she guys. And then it turns out, like, the other day I got a job at WSHE. It was a pretty cool day. Yeah, she's only rocking. Yeah, and roll. I mean, I walked in the hallway and I, I remember thinking, God, I'm going to WSHE for a job interview. This is the great, if I don't get it, it's the, it was in a trailer. <laughs> I, WSHE was in a trailer park. Yeah, and Davey. <laughs> I wow. swear, yeah, I, you know, all these rock stars, you hear this thing, you don't know where it's coming right, from, you right. know. <laughs> it's amazing. And so, look, we're doing a show in a cool uh, art store, uh, art shop and clothing mm -hmm. store, so it doesn't really, no one knows where we are. No, well, they do. We're being filmed. Well, we're but it's yeah. <laughs> well, we like it that way. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Hey, you know, this is this is kind of like, and you you kind of alluded to, you know, when you come here, you feel like you're home and mm -hmm. cozy. That's really what we're kind of going for. You know, that that's just kind of how I roll. I'm not a complicated guy. I just really like to, everyone just come drink some rum, have a good time and feel like they're home. Yeah, and have and, a good and, conversation and the, about the way fishing. the pictures are aligned, it's just the right colors. And, when you, and the feeling you get when you come in here makes you want to. Pull your wallet out and spend some money. I was going to say, I want to shop. <laughs> yeah. We can open up the register. After <laughs> the, after I don't want to shop that. <laughs> so, I'm in here with a couple of guys that like to talk fishing, right? I'm going to try not to talk about work, though. But that's talking about work for but you, right? That's my right? pleasure. Yeah. But, but I have to say that I'm... I'm I have not been nervous. This is episode 76. <laughs> and, 76. And just, I'm letting the cat out of the bag a little bit. I haven't been nervous for any podcast yet until now. Really? Yep. Well, I, you know, because uh, I'm, 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 i appreciate where you're coming from because the first time I interviewed Steve Spurrier, I thought I was going to crap myself. Oh, I bet. You know, I was being, growing up a big Gator football fan and, you know, it was in the nineties and he was superstar and intimidating uh, character. And 
He walked into our studio. I, I was a wreck. I interviewed Tom Cruise. I was fine and all these other people. <laughs> right. But Steve Spurrier got me. So I, I can appreciate that. That's the thing. That does... But then again, I'd like to think that you've listened to me all these years. And I, if you have, I mean, I, like I'm one of your friends. Yes. You yeah. Know? So yes. it's hopefully it's disarming. But I know I, I've talked to people that are, oh, I called in your show. I was so nervous. And I'm thinking, why? But once you hear someone say you're on the air, it's like, what? Mm -hmm. Well, this is the thing. It's like I do the show for a good time and and for fun and everything like that. I'm I'm an artist first. You know what I mean? I'm not, you know, artist, fisherman, whatever you want to call it. You know what I mean? I'm definitely an artist first, though. And this is like a fun thing I do. Mm. Right. And I I really enjoy it. And I really, you know, I'm I'm a dad. I I got a a seven year old and a 10 year old. I don't get much time for myself. This is kind of like my excuse for bringing my friends in and make them drink with me. Oh, this is really, really why I do the show. (laughs) And Maya recognizes. So he goes, oh, let me just give you some rum. And there we go. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that's really my thing, but you know, I'm kind of in your world today and, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's pretty, pretty, uh, like you said, disarming, but it's an honor. Really. So did you, uh, like me, I, you know, I grew up and I was in South Florida and surfing and fishing and boating. It was what we just kind of gravitated mm-hmm. to. Uh, maybe I was lucky cause we lived in East, you know, East Lake Worth and, um, because I, I don't know if the kids growing up, you, you grew up in Coral Springs, unless mm-hmm. mom drove you to the beach, what were you doing? Yeah, so, that, that's it. We were bass fishing. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, good. Bet. A lot of bass fishing. Great bass. But did yep. you guys ever had? Did you grow up with that one guy that turned? He, no matter what you did, he could outfish you. Like we, we had this one yeah. kid, I, and he, he like he always went to the pier and caught more snook than everybody else. I, there's some people that just have. I don't know if it's a knack. What or, is a knack? I, I really do believe that, and I think we might have had that conversation when we had Debbie Hansen in here, mm-hmm. and I was de- describing her, I think, to you, and saying how some people have. A knack. Now, now Debbie Hansen, she's, you know, fresh water and very light salt water on the West Coast, Fort mm-hmm. Myers. And she does, she tours with us at a national seminar series, does a very good job. And when I knew that a lot of this is innate, is about two seasons ago or three seasons, I decided, let me take her to Treasure K and I'm going to take her out of her element. We're going to do an offshore show together. So we've got the whole production team and we shot a show. And her had never really been in, in the big game or, or the hand crank deep dropping. When you, she hooked the fish, like dolphin, the white marlin she caught. I remember that episode, never yeah. done this before. But you see the knack pick in, the ability to fight, and that rhythm breaks out. And, and you just watch this. So this is a person who has an innate genetic kind mm-hmm. of thing that – she's disposed to and i believe in a lot of cases like you were just talking about that are are people that actually have it you could take somebody who loves fishing and show them how to do it and they could get good at it but the real great ones have something more that's inside i think it's a genetic genetic kind of a thing i really do believe it because you you pick the rhythm up and you adapt and it just flows across the board that's again i'm you know i could be i could be a dr frankenstein here but i don't think so i think (laughs) can i mention one of your competitors Uh, sh- yeah, absolutely. Guy, Guy Harvey. Okay, so I fi- I had the opportunity to fish with Guy in, in Panama one time, mm-hmm. and someone said to me, "They go, you never in a boat with him before." I'm like, "Nah." He, he is the I, he's one of those guys. He, you know, I guess it, maybe it's the marine biology in him, but he sees the water differently than everybody else. And I remember sitting there, I, I learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Look at this over here, and look at that over there." I think we're going to see an edge, and is a marlin going to come out? So, so he's one of those guys that has that innate ability to. Uh, how do you like the way I got the plug in for somebody else? Yeah, it was good. Like, <laughs> let's bring up That's Howard right. Stern See, now. He, he, edits the, he edits the whole thing. We're just going to cut that part. I'm sorry. Right. <laughs> it's, it's, fine. it's fine. No, no, you listen. 
listen, a guy like that, you know what I mean? And others, you know, I mean, there's always John Carroll Doyle and Don Ray is, is Don really Ray, one yeah. of my favorites. Right. And, and again, it's an honor to call him friend at this point in my life. But I mean, these are all guys that I grew up, you know what I mean? Looking at their work and have been inspirations for me. So yeah, of course you can mention Guy Harvey on the show. Absolutely. Um, but even, even, uh, if you look at, you asked like, you know, where did, you know, unless your mom dropped you off at the beach all day, which she would all the time right here, which is what my mom right. did too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. This, this is the beach like right here. Yeah. We talk about that when I was 17 years old, I don't know if you remember the a place called the wildfish collection art gallery, mm-hmm. right in the, mm-hmm. in the area. It was right up here in the sands. And then they moved across the bridge oh, over yeah, there for a little yeah, bit. Right yeah, yeah. When I was like 17, eight years old or 18 years old, I would have my work hung in this gallery right alongside wow. those guys. And to me, I was mm-hmm. like, you know, starstruck and i was you know doing some work with the igfa and 19 years old the first two commissions i sold of my fish paintings were to tread barda right so it, yeah wow. so like these were like yeah that's the kind of the time i grew up in so yeah i mean no for sure i mean there are steps along the way of, of everyone's journey and everyone's path you know and people you meet along the sure. way that that are meaningful yeah, you're making to, to, a to living as an artist you yeah know, mm-hmm. you know how many people are not doing that i right. mean it, it really we're very lucky to do things and get paid for stuff that we like to do for me to sit around and make a living cracking up with my friends in the morning for four hours a day it's like i you're paying me for this yeah. don't tell them i said that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely so yeah i mean um you, we just had Andy Moyes in here about uh, what a half an hour ago he was here before you guys showed up and the guy's one of the best marlin fishermen um on the planet and he makes his lures that, that just, you know, Marlin killing lures, really. They just can't get away from him. Hmm. Um, and that's one of those guys that you're talking about that really just, there's a story that um, Andy's sister told me, some friends with her as well, about how he was in the Bahamas and they were kids. And there was, what kind of fish was that? It was it a tarpon or was it a, that he that he jumped in the yeah, water? I don't remember what he it was. Just, it, it was a fish that was right there at the dock and just wouldn't, just wouldn't, just wouldn't bite. So finally, just threw he the rod down. And he jumped in the water. <laughs> well, it might have been a mutton. Might have been a mutton. He just jumped in the water and he actually caught the fish with his hands. Oh, oh. right. <laughs> I mean, bouncer. Wouldn't you say bouncer is one of those people? Well, I, w- I would, and and I, I I sort of put my foot in my mouth a couple of times. But what I <laughs> I've said this before about bouncer. When you look at charter captains in the Miami area, he is without a doubt, in my opinion, the number one charter captain because he specializes in everything from sea trout and biscayne bay the tarpon to the inlet for snook the bottom fishing mm-hmm. the live baiting the daytime. so yeah. he does it all where a lot of these other top captains they're like one trick ponies they're good at live baiting sales are they good at doing this they're just maybe okay at the other stuff but when you look at him he had perfected every single fishery in miami and so when you look at such a broad area of accomplishments, that's why I always say when you when the, when the whole book is written on charter captains, that is in Miami, Florida, mm-hmm. there's only one name that's going to be on top of the list, and that's Bouncer because of the wide swath of his expertise. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And actually, funny thing about Bouncer is he commented on the whole questions thread mm-hmm. last night, and he goes, what's connected by water? And it's like, it's, it's my company. It's my podcast. You're going to come on the show, Bouncer. He says, okay, I'll come on. Yeah, all you got to do is ask, and he'll drive down. Yeah, oh, he Georgia. Will. He's ready to get out of Georgia at any minute. Oh, that's so. right. After he retired, he yeah. moved up there. I Marietta, forgot about Georgia. it. I forgot he moved. We did the seminar series filming, which uh, John was, was part of as far, the crew, and um, I told Bouncer that because of the COVID year, the ground tour was canceled. 
But what we had done, and this was a good four or five months in a planning as the backup, mm-hmm. if we had to pull the plug on the ground tour, that we would come out with a out-of-the-box alternative. And the out-of-the-box alternative, when we pushed it forward, was a television series, 13-week, half-hour television series that starts in April called the National Seminar Series. So this is year 34 for the tour. Wow. And it will be 13 weekly episodes. So we we handpicked. Year 34. Year 34. We've only done the TV show 22 years. Yes. Okay. So the series started before that with the magazine. That is correct. Ah, So this is year 34 for the tour. So, so you started doing the show when you were five? <laughs> Actually, it was four, but I had a note from my parents to do this. <laughs> but so I called Bouncer because I know he was in Marietta and he comes down occasionally. I said, Bouncer, are you going to be down in Miami? I gave him these dates. Uh, no, why? And I said, well, I just thought if you were down here, and I told him what we're doing is I'll drive him for that. I said, I'll put you up. You come on down. So he came down, was part of our faculty we picked a uh, handpicked 13 faculty members that I thought could go across the board and really gel and do the best job for this series. Mm-hmm. And so bouncer was part of it. And uh, we shot it for two days straight at the IGFA. And as I mentioned, John was part of the uh, camera team and what a spectacular production. Uh, we're getting ready to send the first episode to the networks next Monday. And when you see this thing, it is something like, in, in salt, saltwater yeah. sportsman says they they're watching so far. They're saying we are going to do this again next year. In addition to the road tour, so now we got a road tour, and then now you're going to have a televised version. But Look that whole that. thing got weird. Necessity is the mother of all invention, right? It is because I had this TV idea for the seminar series for a long time. I I just didn't have the time on my schedule to to try it. Mm-hmm. So then the virus kicked it out, and and so we had to stop or, or postpone the tour. And so that gave the opportunity to try something that I've had this idea for a long time mm-hmm. and it was magnificent. So sometimes, you know, things look like horrible. There's always that little bit of a silver lining somewhere. And this gave birth to the television version, which was, it would, it just would not have happened had everything. Okay. And we continued on with the road tour. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing positive COVID stories. If you could really put the word positive and COVID in the same sentence, I don't well, know, I'm, but you know, I can yeah. tell you one, um, it happened when it, when it happened last year, March and April, you know, I found my son home from college and he was like, this is the worst thing ever. And I found myself <laughs> with nowhere to go and they shut down the boat ramps mm-hmm. and no one could boat, mm-hmm. but I'm one of those lucky few yeah, that have the boat in the backyard. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I checked law enforcement was like, yeah, you can use your boat. It's like, why, why, why can't these other poor people use their boats? But I didn't, there was nobody fishing. I remember that. And there yeah. was a lot of fish. And we, my son and I just catching bait together, catching black fins left and right. And yeah, I mean, I, it, it was the only silver line. The water was even different. If you recall at the beginning, all the water cleared up All the boats churned yeah. up and yeah. uh, it was, it was a much cleaner Louis, deal. Louis Aguirre over at Channel 10 did a great story on uh, what the bay and, mm-hmm. and how it was looking and, and the water on the beach. Cause it, it, it just seemed different. And it was even in Venice, Italy, you know, they'd stopped the gondolas and everything. And the water in Venice was, there were pods of dolphins swimming through. So we definitely can be our own worst enemies when it comes to, Take, sure. taking mm-hmm. care of our water here. I mean, that was the only silver lining that I saw at the beginning <laughs> of that, but I did see a lot of life. There were turtles everywhere. Yeah. It was an interesting time, you know, and we're coming up on a, on the anniversary of that. I wonder if the fishing will be as good this year. I, I There's been it. a lot of people since um, out there more so mm-hmm. than I can remember in even recent times. So you're seeing a heck of a lot more pressure 
than you've seen <laughs> at, at other points. And, um, and that was, again, you know, you talk about it like a, a, a silver lining again in, in a weird way was you would think in a normal situation when things got bad like that, that our industry, which is basically entertainment industry, it's the first one to get chopped off yeah. from people's discretionary budgets. It's the last one to come back online. But because of the social distancing, now all of a sudden the boating was oh like the God. deal. Boat, Boat sales are through yeah. the roof, motor sales, tackle sales. It, all of a sudden, our marine industry, which is a recreational driven deal, surged. It's, it, it's, it's unreal. Weird. Yeah, like it I went through never, the roof. Never, ever. Well, you know, I guess that. I tried to figure this out. Like, I talked to people that bought boats and the guys at Riva Motorsports sold out. They sold all their way running. They're like, what? That's crazy. Well, nobody was traveling. No one was going to sure. restaurants. No one was going yep. anywhere. Well, we want to spend our money, darn it. You know? Right, yeah. So there was, You got the theory on they want to spend their PPP money, right? Well, <laughs> that, that's when I realized that because, you know, you look at the, 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 the caliber, but all the boats were moving. But the big caliber were those big centers from yeah. your 30s into yeah. the 40s, yes, the triples, the, bunch the quads, of engines. and those were the ones that were yep. moving. And I had jokingly said, One, again, 1.2. Yeah, where's yep. the money coming from? Yep. And I'm a Miami native, okay? So, uh, you know, I'm not blind to what, what happens to, or, or down here. And so I made that joke. I said, man, there must be a hell of a lot more drug smugglers than ever <laughs> yes. in this area here. But then I, you put two and two together, it was PPP money that yep. was coming out. And I know mm -hmm. people who well, got yeah. big chunks and their company was still doing well. So they had found money and oh. then bam, 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 it was going out on the boats. Or you can look at it this way. In two years, we'll be able to buy really cheap well, sport fish. That's my theory, right? A lot of people didn't know what they, don't, don't know what they're getting themselves into. And, uh, yeah. yeah. You just hope it holds. And um, my, you know. my wife said something to me the other day. She goes, you know, I, I miss boating with you. And, I, and we used to do it all the time. I go, why do you hate my boat? She goes, there's no bathroom on it. Oh, oh. yeah. Yeah. There's a bucket, though. I, that's Even not gonna fly, happen. No. Yeah, she's the well, you know no, not, she's not gonna happen. Yeah. But no, my my wife's like that too, where she's like, yeah, whatever we got's gotta have a bathroom. I got a center console. You know, I used to have a. I've had nothing but contenders over the years, and I had the thirty-five side console, which was really a great boat, and had a little cat when the kids were growing up, air conditioned cabin, and a little just a tiny little cuddy in the front, and but it had that nice bathroom with the shower and a little refrigerator, and you know you'd fish all day, especially anchored up in the Bahamas where it's hot. Yeah. You go in that AC for 15 minutes. It was the greatest thing ever. But then, you know, my son got old enough. He's like, we're going to fish all the tournaments. We need a center console. So I ended up getting a 36 center console contender. And, you know, it's a ridiculously great boat. Mm -hmm. The wife hates it. <laughs> yeah. I have friends saying, that's great. She doesn't want to be on your boat. I'm like, ah, well, I, I where actually, are we going to keep the wine? Yeah, I actually yeah. enjoy, you know, yeah. her on the boat. But we definitely don't do as much of that intercoastal cruising sure. party stuff on that boat because it was it's not, you know, it's not made for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Harris, Harris has got that 48 Intrepid. Ooh. And he calls that, it's a beautiful boat. Um, but he calls it the wife's boat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. He's like, this is Corinda's boat. This is, this is, you know, whatever. And, and I yeah. think he's, I mean, they just took the new, um, 45 out the cv that new 45 cv they just built that for a spin because his buddy jeff just bought hole number two because ariel's got hole number one and i think now he's starting to get a little twinkle in his eye that he wants to get because he's got the 34 cv down mm -hmm. in this place in tavernier but he wants i think he wants that i just saw now. the big one at the uh, sailfish tournament in palm beach i saw ariel on it thing mm -hmm. Oh, I'm walking by this boat going. It's pretty. It looked like a Hydrosports, yeah. like one of those big giant Hydros. And I go, and I see Harry. I go, wait a minute. And he, we said, hi. And yeah, how come you're never going to buy one of my bikes? Who could afford that boat? You know? Yes. I mean, look look where it's all, where, where, where it has come to. It's like amazing when you look at yeah. the size of the boats and, and the power 
that the outboards are generating for these boats and mercury came out well, with no, the so 600 the mercury just yep. came out on the, top of the ball game and they and the thing just uh, right at the and a two-speed transmission yeah. yeah but i will say recently a few weeks back I, I was invited to fish in this sailfish tournament on uh the debatable mm-hmm. uh, mike walsh's 75 foot it's it's game change. these guys that fish like that I, I just sat back and marveled. You know, they had three mates, and they were, they had thousands of gogs. And then, but it, even more impressive. All right, it's eight o'clock. Let's have stone crabs. And <laughs> like yeah. one door opens up, and there's stone crabs. Another one, there's bottles of Papa's Pilar lined up. He presses a button, the TV comes out. I'm thinking, yeah, I've been fishing really wrong for many yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you open up my cooler, and you got some Subway subs in there. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Make your own, right? Yeah. Hey, who's making sandwiches before oh, we was, leave? It was really an eye-opening <laughs> experience to see how some people really in, but they fish just as hard, just as hard. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they just have. They're a lot more. You get off the boat at the end of the day, and that was the difference. I didn't need a nap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that that is the difference. I mean, that that's the boat I'm fishing on for the Jimmy Johnson this week. Bailus. I'm, I'm fishing on the Bayless on the 68 Bayless, oh. the Singularis program, and that's. You know, mm. that's, that's a classy way to go. I mean, they drink the Vouv champagne <laughs> really? all day oh, yeah, nice. on, that, on that thing. But, um, no, uh, we had um, Team Native Sun on last week, you know, Art Sap and Mike Lamb, and they got the whole CV and Merit combo deal with their team. And it was a two-day tournament for the Sailfish Challenge, which they won. And they took the CV out for the first day, and then the second day is getting a little rougher. Like, oh, let's jump on the, the Merit, because they pre-registered both boats under their team. Of course. Right? That Merit is just stunning right it's a 98 and it's a, it's a 58 merit and it looks like it just came off off the line i mean did they put a sea keeper in that thing i don't think so I, th- oh. I don't think they need to that thing's so so dang <laughs> heavy i mean it displaces so much water but you know yeah that, that's that's another way too that's a completely different, different kind of fishing you know what kind I mean? of thing. you're right when you go out all day you definitely don't feel banged up like you do on the center oh yeah i remember fishing the pompano rodeo all those years i really cut my teeth in fishing that tournament and you know it was that two-day deal you know, that second day, <laughs> you, know, you get up after, you know, you fish the whole day, you drink a bunch afterwards because you're in your 20s and 30s, you don't care. And uh, and you clean the boat, you clean the fish, you eat something. And then it's like, oh, we got to get up at four and go catch bait. And you just felt like someone hit you with a bat. But that's what you love about it. I mean, that's all part of the whole thing. It's all part of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But you don't fish a lot of tournaments, George, do you? I, well, I'll, be, I'll tell you what. Here's the whole deal with that. I used to fish before I get reeled in by saltwater sportsmen the make owner tournaments back in the day which they they're they were totally unlike what you have in recently you know recent times where it's just you know fun and meant this and that it was an enjoyable deal they had a circuit but you had these hardcore anglers there was like a nucleus of us that would travel and i used to trailer to destin i would hit about seven or eight of them a year and uh we did very very well with that when the angler of the year title uh Four out of six years I did that. Then I came aboard with Saltwater Sportsman. And Rip Cunningham, the publisher, you know, sat me down. And he says, I know you do a lot of the tournaments and all. He says, but I want to just tell you something. You could do what you want. When you're with Saltwater Sportsman now, that you are, your job is to educate our readers, not compete against them. Mm. Now, it's a, he goes, it's a no-win situation if you do tournaments. If you compete in tournaments and you don't do well, they said, what's he know? He's right for saltwater. He's not doing it. But if you win, that's he's a pro. That's unfair. So he said, your job now is to educate anglers 
on the sport of fishing. So I got out of tournament deal when I came with Saltwater Sportsmen because they advised me. That makes a lot of sense. That right. you should not be in that and competing with the readers you're educating. And you're right. You can't win. If you lose, you win. If you lose, you if you win, you isn't that from uh, Raging Bull? If you win, you win. If you lose, you still win. I love it. Yep. Um, so, you know, you've caught fish all over the world. You've fished everywhere. Your best fish. Do you remember oh, it? So you having him on the show makes it easy for me to well, serve him. This is great. Now. I'm watching you oh, make cocktails. Oh, you got to come on more often. This is fantastic. Dude, I will be your co-host if you want. I love it. I, got got to do. I, love I just it. want you to know he, he's a terrible tipple. Tipper. <laughs> That's so okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. He's working for it. He just said I was a terrible tipple. So That's too much on the pole already. This is outstanding, Paul. I'm just going to say here you go. So back to your question. Your best fish. You have one fish that you remember. It is. It's difficult because there's, there's, you know, too many variables involved because and yes between what i've done with saltwater sportsmen to travel all over the world and fish and what we do with the tv it, everywhere it, it, i could still come back to my very first sailfish that i caught with my dad on the boat yeah. i was always so you so the, yeah. the sentimental the plays moment. such a huge one but if you take sentimental out of it there have been a number of them i would guess the 143-pound Wahoo. I remember that fish. Whoa, yeah, we, we've all got to would, watch him catch all his great would, fish. Would definitely be there. Yeah. We got an 800-and-some-odd-pound blue marlin down oh. in uh, Costa Rica uh, a number of years ago. That was another one. 700-some-pound uh, bluefin. It, you know, take the Seminole out. I don't know. They, they, the Wahoo would have to be somewhere in I, that mix. I know where you're coming from. Well, how do you? How do you? No, no. You're never going to catch a Wahoo like that ever again. You may catch Look, it. Okay, there's a funny story to that. All right. We got uh, it was 143 pound six ounce Wahoo, but who's really keeping tight score? <laughs> yeah, on yeah, the yeah, right. Cayman okay. Islands, right? Grand Cayman. No, no, it was actually over in the uh, the Bahamas, San, San Salvador. Salvador. Oh, San okay. And uh, so we were doing a show, and how great was that to actually have that fish on the show? So fast forward, I said, I'm never going to come back to San Salvador. Why do I need to come back here and get for Wahoo? There's, what are the odds of me even catching one like that? So I avoided it. And I had another friend with a big boat saying, come on down. Let, let's, uh, we're going to be in San Sal. Jump on board. Let's do a show. And I said, I don't want to because I'm not going to top that 143-pound Wahoo. He said, let's go in the spring. They get a hell of a run of yellowfin tuna and gnat. They get a blue marlin. I said, okay, I could do a tuna deal. So we had gone later. And we got yellowfins, we got sailfish, we got big dolphin, and we're trolling back to the marina with the high speeds out on the final day. I mean, heck of a show, more fish than we could even handle. And all of a sudden, bam, that lure just starts smoking. So I, I get on the fish and fighting it, it's going straight down. And I'm telling, you know, the captain, so we got a, it's about a hundred pound marlin, I'm thinking. It's fighting like a blue. Oh, I think you got a tuna. So we're having a debate. So marlin, tuna. Everybody does this on the boat, by the right, way. Right, right. So it's we're fighting, and, yeah. and it was staying straight down that we, uh, by the time that we finally were able to get a look at it, I look, it's another huge wahoo. See, in my case, it's usually a bonita. Yeah, it's always a bonita. Me too. <laughs> so we gaffed it, and it's a 113-pound wahoo. Wow. Wow. And it, it, it hit a marlin lure rigged on monofilament Jeez. and just got lucky with the deal. So the two trips that I had done to San Salvador, two times, wahoo over... 100 pounds. I mean, if they have a lotto there, I'd like to play it. I could have re yeah. retired a long time I, I ago start, with that. But. I think about that, this question that I asked uh -huh. you. And um, 
Yeah, you're right. Sentimentality. My first sailfish in Cancun with all my friends. The Stairway to Heaven was playing on the boat. We had girls. I mean, it was just one of those great moments. Uh, but I, I, you know, I, I also caught a big black. I caught a big black marlin, a 450 pounder. Nice. And, and seeing that thing for the first time was a moment that I'll never forget. But my friends, for I didn't catch a wahoo until I was like 28 years old. And my friends had all caught their first wahoo. And it was really a point of, well, come on, Castro, but you're never going to catch one. We were on a cruise ship. Uh, I was there with my wife, and uh, we were in Bermuda. And uh, I said, well, we, we met another couple. How about we charter a boat and do some fishing? Somehow my wife, she wasn't my wife at the time. We agree, She agreed. We go on a boat, and it's nasty, and it's rough, and everybody's hating life. And we're Wahoo fishing. Nothing. I go, do me a favor. Can you take us to the lee side of the island so we can just <laughs> drink and carry on? Turn to the lee side. He goes, the fishing's not as good over here, man. Not as much. The fishing's not nearly as good, man. But I go, I don't care. The wives are sick. Everybody's throwing up. So as <laughs> soon as we turn the corner, boom, Rod goes, Zzz! and the guy goes, ah, it's a kingfish, man. It's a kingfish. I go, kingfish, you take it, bro. Oh, no. <laughs> Well, it's a kingfish. I know where the Indians go with yes, this. Yes, you do. And I'm about to drink this whole bottle thinking about this memory. <laughs> and Nick reels it in, and he gasps, and he goes, this is a nice kingfish, man. I go, no, that's a wahoo. And I gave him the rod. Apparently, in Bermuda, they call them kingfish. Well, how big was oh, it first? Yeah. It was a 40-pounder, yeah. It was oh, a, wait, it's, okay, don't kill yourself over no, that. No, it, it would have been my first uh, wahoo. It, it was like 180 yeah, then for sure. But hey, I know where, okay, I know where you're coming from. But but anyway, the guy they called it a kingfish, and I, right. I, I thought it was a wahoo. But I guess in different parts of the Caribbean, they call it whatever. Yeah. But that day turned out amazing because we got done. We caught the fish. We This guy pulled up to the most beautiful. I don't know if you've ever seen a Bermuda. Mm-hmm. But Bermuda oh, yeah. is Gorgeous. like palm trees, white sand beach. We swam in. They cooked the fish for us. They brought it to us on plates. And it was like, that was a good yeah, day. That, that was a yeah, good day. That's a good, that's a good trip. That was that's a, a good, good day. Trip. Yeah. Do you find that strange when like other places name fish different things? Like that, you know, like some people call it the same thing as you do in other it places. Keeps you on your you toes. Know, yeah, it keeps you on Especially your toes you a little bit, right? The places. You know what else is strange? Yeah. Oh, no, the question. I got you. I got you again. I got you again. That's my segue. All right. That's my like segue it. to our strange questions that people write in. If I don't do it that way, then I'll always forget to do it. So people write in questions they want us to ask them, and we pick a question at the end. They win a T-shirt. No, it's not really complicated. So it's a segment called Ask George? No, mm. it's uh, no, it's called the Papa's Pilar Strange Questions. Oh. Yes. So they remind, I may adopt they remind this for my you, show. they remind you never to be a spectator. So <laughs> yes, you know we're trying not to be a spectator. We're trying to Live get life. people involved in the show, right? So I do want to say one thing before we start our strange questions that Justin did enter the room. Did you bring a present for us today, Justin? Yeah, can, oh, can, you, can, you, can you bring that out there? We just want to have that out on the table for our <laughs> and strange questions. And a young man over there who looks like a cool right. kid. Hey, Cooper. Hey, Cooper, you want to be <laughs> on the show Cooper? real quick? Cooper, come on. Be on the show here. I have that very bag. Thank you, Cooper. Bring it over. Right there that you go, buddy. That very bag in my boat at all wow. times. Same my, over here. I told my, you to bring a, the, 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 the big one, Justin. I told you to bring the big one. How can you bring, how can Justin, you bring the big one? That looks like that came from the IGFA about two oh. weeks ago. Never put, never put that in front of my face when I'm on camera. Thank you. Paul, Paul disappeared. <laughs> Wait a minute. All that bag for this? Yeah. Wow. It's important. You got to right. keep a cushion. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So yeah, If um, you don't have any perb what are you doing and i i 100 percent with you every i don't know why it's not mandatory for every single boat manufacturer to have an e-perb when those things come out that's yep. a, that's that should be done that way you know I, they should cut a deal with acr whatever but 
uh, you know, I, I, people call me, I just bought my son a boat. He's 20 years old. And uh, what do you think he needs? I said, the first thing he needs is an e-perm. And the second thing he needs is a sat phone. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. And it's, it, they say it's the science of survival, right? He's and, calling um, just call me. I was gonna. I was trying to get you to pull it over. Are you want to pull yeah, it over? I, I thought right, he was trying to tell you why you activate it. You see the Coast Guard and everybody he's rushing got a, he's, got a, he's got a mic and he doesn't want to talk to me. All right. That's trying to right. make it seamless. Again, That's okay. Is it, it is seamless. Is, is it blocking me at all? Anyway, okay. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's my contract. Thing. All right. All right. So listen, we got some. We got some questions lined up for you guys here. So the for, for the first one comes from our good friend, Alexa Lanier, right? And she wants to really kind of ask you, Paul. Yes. Do you remember a, well, I'm sure you do, but she wants to ask about the TV show you hosted in the 90s called The Scene. Uh, yes. Right? And uh, that she was the intern that used to call Al, right? Because her name was Alexa. Uh, you used know, to I don't like being no, a, no, 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 no. interns the, uh, in the, the 90s. Okay. <laughs> the only reason I bring that up is because our good buddy Brent, had oh, a smart Alec comment. He says, "Well, if, if you wanted her to call you out, you should demand that you're able to call." He should text Paul him back. Betty. Tell him he should be selling right. homes, not interfering yeah, with you know, our. It's a, I didn't even ask. His, I didn't even ask his question. Today, I so, was but. co-host of a TV show. It aired on CBS called "The Scene" with Jennifer Gould, who is now a. She's been a news anchor in California and LA for many, many years, and. Uh, it was uh, like a, an entertainment-based show. Like, hey, we're on the scene in Fort Lauderdale, <laughs> in Miami, and we're at the grand opening of this thing. And you know, then I think um, like a deco drive kind of thing. Yeah, pre-deco drive. Yeah, yeah okay. they just didn't keep going with it, but it could have been something. But yeah, I think I I don't know. I don't know what happened to the show. It just fizzled. I think I got four years out of it. Oh, yeah, it's not bad. Four years. Yeah, there you go. And then I went nice. to Channel Ten after that. And I I hosted a. Uh, Sports Jam Live with uh, Jimmy Cephalo, and I did that for a few years. I did a little TV in the market, didn't I? Yeah, nice. Then I got fat. <laughs> threw me off TV. You know what um, happened there? I'm actually going to mention one of your competitors now. Um, Please. So, Dan Levitard. One of my good buddies. Right. So, he he always says that he just loves radio so much more than TV because it's more of a free format. Yeah. And you can pretty much say whatever you want for the most part, right? And rather than TV, it's so scripted. And so, this is why I love this show here, like mm -hmm. doing the podcast. Say whatever, say whatever you want. Whatever you, you want. Know what yeah. I mean? It doesn't matter. Sure, you're right. I, I don't have to worry about, you know what I mean? I got Joey Accardi behind me and I got Papa's Pilar behind me. I mean, yeah, that's hey, very say cool. whatever I want. You know what I mean? Those guys are like, do and I'm do your, your new co-host, according to what we just said a Absolutely. few minutes ago. Absolutely. I have it on tape. So, I, we've already got, well, I've got my interns in the back already drawing up the contract. So. And with the We're interns. Yeah. <laughs> um, the next question comes from my wife, and it's for George. And she says, George, can you please stop sending my husband home drunk after your podcast? <laughs> oh. at, at that point, you can yeah. have him. Well, obviously, she doesn't know what a bad influence you really are, so yeah, you have her fool. Like, no, it's George. They can blame it everything I'm on George. I'm trying hilarious. to be a gentleman, Paul. So let, let me set the yeah. scenario about this. It's okay. You know, his 10 o'clock in the morning deal, you, you know, to me, that's a donut and a uh, Starbucks moment, right? So I, I, to be a gentleman, I would bring over a bottle of Papa's Pilar. As a courtesy a for gift. having me on the show, and then he could over the weekend, whatever. Like could, he would just open it, it immediately. Well, not immediately. It was never. <laughs> it took about twenty-five minutes to do it, but then we got him good at it. So every time we would come it was in, like two minutes, I would bring him as, as a courtesy. But he somehow felt that that was on the breakfast menu, and uh, so we had to suffer through ten o'clock in the morning with the Pilar. So 
Tell your wife to call me. I'll explain it to her on the phone. George was always early. Only two bottles of rum saying you're ready. I will say this. I've had a lot of sponsors. For, I've been on the radio for a long time. Mm -hmm. And if you don't use the product, then how can you be real that's, with your, that's true. With I your agree sponsor? With you. And I, I, I agree. I've, I've, I've had I hate to turn down money, believe me. And I don't do it often. But there are some they come to me, hey, Paul, there's an idea. We'd like you to do commercials for this company. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we're never going to use that. I don't want yeah. that. But Papa's full of rum. Yeah, you have well, to. We were already doing this. Yeah, we, we were already yeah, we were, we were already drinking Falar on every show, and then Mike called me. He's like, "Hey, uh, since you were already doing this, here you go." I met. He started sending us cases of rum. The guy who started the company, Steve Groth. I'm sure you know Steve. Yeah. So yeah. he's texting me right now. He doesn't know I'm here, but I, uh, I, I, he lives next door in in the Keys. He lives next. He's got a house in the Keys. He lives next door to a, a good friend of mine. I didn't know this. So uh, my neighbor in the Keys goes, "This is my neighbor Steve," and we start talking and. He says his name is Steve Groth, and I go, oh, yeah, I went to college with a girl named Barbara Groth. He goes, yeah, that's my sister. I go, you got to be kidding me. I go, she used to do radio with me. He goes, yeah. And so then I go, what do you do? He goes, I own a rum company. I go, we should talk. We're friends. And, uh, you know, I, I said, I sure would like to be the guy to talk about your rum on the radio. And I don't know anybody, you know, because I, I really love this product. And mm -hmm. tie in with the Ernest Hemingway and the fishing. And so he and I became fast friends. And. Turned into a... Uh, I got a good story about him, too. Good. I'd like to hear it. How my relationship started with Papa's Pilar during the uh, Mako Funiments that they would do. Mm -hmm. uh, Bass Pro Call said, okay, <laughs> we're going to have a representative for Papa's Pilar doing the tasting at the at the docks. Oh, great. So then um, Mako called me up and said that uh, Papa's Pilar, you know, we, we were talking to them that they need to talk to you about getting involved in your TV show. So they gave me a name which was uh, his, his son. And uh, so I called it and his son set up a meeting up in Delray. So I come up, we meet at a coffee shop. So we're sitting out having a cup of coffee and we're talking. He goes, well, my CEO is going to be here in about 10, 15 minutes. You know, he wants to hear the conversation and, and, and talk about this too. So great. So I'm thinking, wow. I said, you know, you definitely got a shot at selling a sponsorship when you know the CEO is going to come in on a meeting. So he, he he tells me about three minutes before he shows up, it's my dad. <laughs> so here comes Stephen yeah. to, to the table. <laughs> How you doing, George? And and we talk close to an hour on fishing, the people we know, marathon, the whole bit. That's all we talked about, the way he used to do with Celador concerts, yeah, the whole bit. Interesting guy. Never once addressed the sponsorship issue. Then he says, hey, he goes, okay, what what are you looking for here to do the sponsorship? I told him. So I made a contract. I'll sign off on a deal. It was, it was like the funniest story. Because he knew right then that you guys already, you know, you'd, you'd bridge that and you put it that's together. The best, knew, that's that's, that's the, the, one of the best relationships yep. for him. I mean, they, you, guys, you guys found out you were connected by water, right? Well, and I told him, too. What a great name. Him. Connected by water. I love it. It's That's that's the whole notion, that idea I behind that. Everything that. we just talked about. <laughs> 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 Took me a minute, like an hour and about six drinks. <laughs> yeah. But but that was a it was a just a, a a cool relationship and then the connection when he was with Celador Concerts mm -hmm. he remember the everything back in the day with the concerts you oh, had to yeah. go through Celador so You're I told to me him, that's my business I know so I'm telling him I said so I spent all you know how much money I spent with you for those <laughs> concerts and now I'm just starting to get some of that back now through this deal nice I used, nice. Really I used to get all those free concert tickets. I used to too. I used to work in the music industry. But for now they don't years. do free tickets anymore. No, not really. Nobody. You huh. don't. You don't get unless I, you're doing a giveaway and someone doesn't pick them up. I'll, I'll go. Oh, I got in pick. Yeah. But uh, mostly, yeah, they don't. They can't, it's the money's just too big now. I mean, we're talking. You know, in the '90s and the '80s, the tickets were twenty bucks. Right. Now it's a hundred bucks to go see a show. I mean, 
if we get to see a show right. ever again. My best concert experience really is, um, it would actually happen not that long ago. I used to work in the music industry for 17 years. I was a creative director for Alliance Entertainment, the world's largest distributor of physical media, right? You, you have product in your house that came out of our warehouse, I guarantee. Well, I'm we, sure. We were the world's largest at it, right? Anyway, the fringe benefit to that was that we would get all these concert tickets. Our relationships were directly with all the record labels, Universal, Warner, Sony, the whole nine yards, and you know, we would be responsible for getting all the product out to mass media, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, whatever, wherever you bought CDs, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, so Jenny, who works here for me now, I don't know if she's still here or not, but she probably took mm -hmm. off. Um, she goes, oh, we got Aldine tickets, right? <laughs> this is after I had left the job. I'm like, oh, great, right? And it's, it's my anniversary for my wife. And I said, she knows that's my wife's favorite. So I'm like, all right, cool. She's like, oh, I got backstage, right? And I'm thinking meet and greet. She goes, yeah, we got the meet and greet. I'm like, all right, cool. So we go there and the person comes out from the label and they're like, are you guys ready? And it was supposed to be just them two. And then the lady goes, no, no, you can come too. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so I go back and we're passing the meet and greet and we're like, hey, that's no, 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 come on, let's go like that. And we get walked into a trailer and it's Aldine's trailer. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. There's all silver cores, light plates all over the place nice. and then the whole thing like that. And they're like, hey, Jason, I'll be here in a few minutes. <laughs> and we sit down sure enough aldine walks in and hangs out with us for like 15 minutes before the show like no agenda no nothing like that, that we're nice, talking about each other's bags, regular bags. guy yeah yeah talking about how he plays basketball every day with the crew it was it was just that was just the rest of the night was just you know A bonus yeah, yeah like, I, I think about people always ask me what's the best show you ever went to we got mm. being in radio for a thousand years i just have to pinpoint it to one the rolling stones in berlin uh at olympic stadium okay. Uh, you know, just because of the experience. And I'll tell you a quick story about that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you may have heard it on my show, but it's, it's a good story. We were sponsored by Michelob. And um, so they flew us over and a bunch of radio personalities around the country to do a broadcast culminating with a Rolling Stones show. The band Big Country opened for, remember Big Country? Yes, they do. They had a hit song called In a Big Country. Yep. They, Very, yeah, the song <laughs> and the band and said, yeah. So it was their only song. They wasn't it? And it was on their greatest hits album. One song. <laughs> That's so true. That was total one hit wonder. Uh, but they they bust us to the stadium and they go, all right. So uh, you'll see a bunch of beer tents lined up all around. In Germany, their beer is very popular. There. I don't know if you heard. Uh -huh. And they go, but you guys get all the free Michelob you want because your wristband at the Michelob tent. I'm like, well, where's the Michelob tent? Just walk around the stadium. You'll find it. <laughs> so we start walking. And there's thousands of people everywhere. The beer tents are mobbed, except one. Uh -oh. The Michelob tent was empty. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what is this? We don't drink that. We don't drink that. And, uh, you know, they, and they, the Germans would just drink the beer and then just drop the bottle on the ground and keep walking. I mean, there were bottles piled up everywhere, but I tried all of them. And, uh, yeah. I had a few minutes. They just dropped the bottles? Just dropped the bottles. We're like, I, I remember a vision of bottles of glass piled <laughs> up everywhere. I'm like, boy, if this was the States, people would be smashing each other in the heads with them. And, but, but, you know, this is the weird part of the whole thing. They they put us in the stadium, and we had really good seats, all the radio personalities from around the world that they put in. And the guy goes, this is Hitler's old box. No. Where, where he watched Jesse Owens in the Olympics with that, all that stuff. What? Um, which we well, had good seats, but it was a really <laughs> awkward, weird uh -huh. moment. But I got to see the Stones in Germany. I, you know, that was, I can't think of a better show. I've wow. seen you two and Springsteen well, and everybody else. But I'll give you, uh, if I had a, a narrow down to, okay, the concerts that I used to go to, 
is, again, sentimental plays a big part of it here, is when the Rolling Stones had come, I forgot what year it was, I took my oldest daughter to go see them. Mm-hmm. Just because, you know, here you are as a kid riding a bicycle when they were out. It was almost like you're showing this bridge from this one super band when you were a little kid. You're introducing your, your kid, daughter yeah. to it. Then um, my youngest daughter, Megan, we saw the Stones, when, not the last time, which I saw them, but the time before that I brought her to that concert. So I showed both my daughters, the Rolling Stones. It's almost like you're completing the bridge. So I would say they would be my two favorites from the sentimental reason the best concert that i've been to was and you right remember this when uh the gusman concert hall in downtown miami not the one at u of m oh gusman downtown cultural miami. center the, yeah yes and and they we used to have concerts jimmy I saw buffett the, no oh I'm no. just checking okay come on that don't even get me going in but <laughs> uh, 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 the little river band was there and then uh. spirit came in remember that band spirit course, Randy, yeah. california mm-hmm. well jay ferguson used to be the lead singer of spirit and he branched out on his own and my uncle was a session musician and was part of jay ferguson's band so he was opening up jay ferguson as a solo act for spirit which was the featured act so wow. i had gone to the the gusman concert hall watched it ferguson was really great they brought spirit in and it was such a mesmerizing deal with Randy California that towards the end, these people were up, they're pulling down the drapes, they're, ter- they're starting to tear the place apart. I said, it's time to get out of here. So we got out of there. And that was the last concert, rock concert they ever, ever held at Gusman. It was Spirit. Which so Spirit, opened it up. Spirit is famous because Led Zeppelin allegedly That's right, with stole, a lawsuit or stole something. the riff for Stairway to Heaven from the band Spirit, their song Taurus. Yeah, I know a little bit about everything. That means nothing, but... Um, <laughs> No, it's a, it's important if you're in a yeah, music yeah. Uh, so, but and they I, ended up I, losing no, it. I, I never heard that. And I know the, a lot about Zeppelin. They lost the lawsuit. If you look up the song Taurus by Spirit and yeah, you play, no, I'm gonna look that up. play the intro of that up against Stairway to Heaven. Uh, and I did. What's your thought, though, on that? Oops. Oh, they absolutely inadvertently ripped them I, I, off. I think the word is inadvertently. Because uh, <laughs> Is it like as close to like Vanilla Ice oh, no. and Bowie close? It's pretty cl- no, it's pretty close. It's the notes. It's the actual notes. Yeah. It's All pretty right. impressive. Um, But spirit opened up or zeppelin opened up for spirit in like like and they heard it and subconsciously oh, really? yeah they lost the lawsuit Ugh. spirit lost the thing and this was recent this yeah, has just, been going just, on from just ended. all the way yeah. until recent times i mean i guess zeppelin's record label is probably better than spirits at the time a little more horsepower yeah. with attorneys yeah. there probably yeah. but they you know spirit was i thought was yeah. a remarkable band uh, the reason i brought up buffett is because i went to the, <laughs> the only reason i went to go you, you scoff at jimmy buffett uh, the guy okay. all right I'll, I'll throw it out there. I'll get a bunch of hate mail, like when I said Bouncer is the number one captain in Miami, so we'll keep my record going here. When, <laughs> J- when Jimmy Buffett started out, I liked him. I thought it was some pretty good music. Then he got to the point where all these old guys with the flowered shirts and the Corvettes. That the listen, it was like, come on, this thing just got so. And, and another one I put in that same category was Billy Joel. When Billy Joel oh, first right. came now out. we're going to fight. Let's go. He was great. <laughs> But then all of a sudden, he, he you know, he went after the, you, you know, might need the, your the question popularity here, money, and I never liked him after that point. Really? So I liked well, the so super early think, Billy Joel, but uh, never liked him pretty much after a couple albums. Yeah, there. I love Jimmy Buffett for one reason. He could just strum on his guitar and go, all right, everybody, come on out here. Let's play a little better. I just really don't say much. I just say scream like, like this here, and everybody's like, yeah. 
Um, and, all the, and all the flowered shirts. But he created something that, <laughs> that you have people in the middle of Iowa that, oh, I agree. that a, travel not, to the Caribbean because and I'm not taking of any, Jimmy Buffett. And I'm not taking anything away from that at all. I'm just yeah. saying from a personal standpoint, doesn't gel. A lot of hit records, man. I'm going oh, no to have to side with Paulie on this one. I know you would. I saw your <laughs> yeah. I love looking in your face. Yeah, I'm going to side with Paulie. So, so yeah. John, this is my last uh, Connected by Water. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I will say this. You know, George, I did get, I was lucky enough and honored. Really, it was one of my great highlights, being able to fish on your shoot, be a part That's of your. That's right. That was. I did yeah, an episode was, with Same this. here, too. It was great. And it was really amazing. But one of the my favorite thing about fishing with you is not that we caught fish. It was because. The music. We were we were doing a we little had a classic rock. We were playing classic rock, and they were trying to rock. stump me with name that tune. He's good. And, and I'm pretty good at it. And but I realized that we there's a lot of stuff that we have in common. We grew up in this. We're the same age, and we you know the same era. Uh, You're a little older. Don't put. I don't me, think don't, so. Don't rush me here. Months, <laughs> months. But for whatever reason, I look so much better. Yet you're in television. I don't know what it is. <laughs> All right, we should probably talk about fishing. I'm sorry. No, no, Let me circle no, back no, to this because yeah. I want to. I want to. What you just you know, put out there, and the, the music deal. You know, I, I'm a classic rock. I guy. was hoping we get on a music topic. Oh, good. Today with you today. I'm, I'm going to hold them this because here's a wealth I'm, of knowledge. I'm a music nut. Here's really. a wealth of knowledge this sitting is, here, eating this up, and and, and he could relate to this. Is a reason I'm such a classic rock guy because as a kid growing up, my mother's brother, my uncle, as I told you, he was a in, in a rock band and he was in a, in a big South Florida band in the late '60s called the Bird Watchers. I don't know if you remember that they, they had the hit "Girl, I Got News for You," and they were I missed those guys sorry. for a while. I was in elementary school when this was going on, but I remember sure, before they would 30, go on tour, he was 35. They would come to the house. It's before the seminar the started up. or after the seminar. <laughs> it, it was a Monday after the seminars, <laughs> and um, so when they were touring. And back then, if you remember the record shops and your little kid, and they had the 45s, you know. Oh, yeah. So I would see how they were doing, my mom would, and then we were allowed to buy two 45s or three 45s. So, you know, you pick your favorite record. And this happened, I mean, for forever to the point where I had found a, a number of years ago a case. I kept every single 45. You have Every them? single album is a, a, every single oh, one still of have them. It? Still have them in pristine conditions. And I didn't realize about 20 years ago that they're they're valuable if you look at a record, and you will know this that the first run, if they only did say two th or twenty thousand albums, and, and then need a reprint, that the first runs and there's a way to tell are more valuable than the second runs. And some of those collectors forty fives and the albums gotta be worth a bundle. I have a couple Beach Boys in there that are three hundred some odd dollars. This was Whoa. twenty years ago for a forty five, the original pressing. So I'm looking at all the stuff that I have. I've had tons of it. So I took the double security off my fishing tackle and put it on my record collection yeah. now. Wow. But I, I, did you know that? I'm oh. the idiot who went. <laughs> Threw them all out? Went, oh, no. When CDs came, I'm like, well, I'm never going to need these stupid albums. I, I, My house looked like a peaches store. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I gave them all away. I gave everyone oh, away. I, I look at it. And it's so funny. Now my son is in college. And he wanted he, wants a, he wanted a turntable. And yeah. he's like, they go out and they buy vintage albums. And you know what I love, though? And I, it really was tough for me in high school when he was going through the hip hop phase. And I'm like, I'm cool. I'm going to be a dad. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the jerk. And I'm like, but he was exposed to the everything Beatles, Skinner, all of it along the way. Mm -hmm. Something happened. They just got out of that little phase. And now, I don't think it's, it's out of your control. I think it, it truly is. <laughs> yeah. But now they're like, 
Oh, Dad, you are you familiar with Neil Young? I'm like, yeah, I think so. But it's I'm really appreciating that they're now at the fraternity house. They got classic albums up in their house, and they got they listen to the you know nice. Crosby, Stills and Nash, and you know he's got, top. You know he's got a he has an AOL account. It's going to come back in another five years. We're coming back in vogue. The first first podcast we did. That's hilarious. Jenny's like, because Jenny will get everyone's information, get it all on the calendar, get everything scheduled and everything like that. And she's like, yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it, but it's at AOL.com. Right. That's great. And then, and then she goes, you sure you don't want me to just send this message via Pony Express? I mean, but look we, at we, we can always send a raven if you want. No, Who goes with AOL anymore? It's never going to get a hat. Nobody's over there. <laughs> yeah. I have a couple of my old buddies, old school dudes, and they're all like over 50, and they're all AOL, and they're like, what? What? What's the matter with it? Dave Lamont, my old sports guy and good friend, he's an AOL guy. You're, you're a love decent Dave company. Lamont. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like my hairstyle and other 20 years will come back in style. <laughs> if you haven't left, you're, you're, we're lucky. I'm hanging it. We're lucky. Hanging yeah, in there. I should have known better than to actually have strange questions. Yeah, we're never going to get to the rest of it. strange enough to right. sit in here. So my uh, partner and good friend, Harris Katz, asks, uh, what is the secret ingredient in your hot sauce? That's you. I don't have a hot sauce. That's what he asked. I don't have a hot sauce. Oh, right. I just figured that's what you guys said. I know something I don't know. I have I a know. feeling that that person is mocking me in some way because. Probably not. Do no. you remember Footy? I do remember well, Footy. Footy, an old radio guy in Miami, had hot sauce. So either he's mistaking me for Footy. No, 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 no. Or he's mocking me. I don't have a hot sauce. I don't know why. I don't all have. I, I got a wine. There's, you know what the secret ingredient in my wine is? Grapes. Grapes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so foot and mouth. All right, so no, no, not at all. No, I don't know. You know, Harris. I didn't, for some like reason, doing, I trusted him. You know what? And, I do you know, open phones Friday sometimes, and I let anybody say whatever they want on the radio. And it's a train wreck. Right. Much <laughs> like this. Much like this podcast. Right. So <laughs> now we come to our jumbo question, Uh-oh. which uh, Jumbo asks a question every episode, oh. and it's it's whatever. Um, so he he's not eligible for the shirt. I can just tell you that right now. Is your wife? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Does not, she no, want it? No. She she signed up for free t-shirts for life a long time ago. Um, so he's a, what's the most ridiculous fact you know? Like, a, that's the jumbo question. Oh, I know. God. And that's ridiculous. So look, is it yours or George's? Mine? It's, it's no. Anyone who yeah. wants to take that. The most ridiculous I know that I'll, I'll say that. All right, here's my most ridiculous. I have one. I could have brought right, it. I, I could have done so research. Do you, do you know where the term um, give them the whole nine yards comes from? No. Everyone thinks it's a football term, right? Well, I would. Right? And you that, go, well, yeah. why are they leaving off the yard? Because it's 10 <laughs> yards for a first down, right? Give them the whole nine yards. Has nothing to do with football whatsoever. It started in World War One. Right, those long guns that they go boom, like right across the field, okay. are nine yards long. But to save artillery, you didn't have to load them completely. You could load them by half. So if you weren't really like onslaughting some onslaughting someone, you just load them by half, and you just want to keep fire on somebody, you just do it like that. But if you're really in the shit, you give them the whole nine yards. Okay, right, I'll, give, I'll give you one. All right. A lot of people don't know this, but I. Uh... I started the expression. I heard that. Did you? No. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. Um, but but here's one. Bobcat Goldthwait, you know the comedian sure. Bobcat? Mm-hmm. He uh, coined the term living that dream, and that's a fact. So really? you ask for a goofy fact, that is about as goofy a fact as you're ever going to get. All right. All right, Jumbo, you got it. Well, you go. let me, somebody wanted me to ask you, Paul, where did you come up with 
hectic day. Uh, I I overheard it somewhere, and and I I don't know why I kept going with that. I just I heard it somewhere. You some, did, and you're trying to sue me. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I didn't hear it on a TV or radio show, but I, I overheard it in someone say, "Well, have a hectic day," sarcastically to somebody, and then and then when I first got on the radio. Yeah, it must have been 84, 85. I, I said, I used to get celebrities to, before they would say goodbye. Can I get you to say, have a hectic day? And they would say, all right, this is John Stewart. Paul, have a hectic day or whatever. And then I collected them. Then I named my boat the Hectic Days, and now I've got the Hectic Days 5, so... You got some kid in high school ending his Probably announcements every day. Yeah, saying, right. I don't know where it came from. You know, it's After that, it really started. You listen back in the day. You remember that song, the Hectic Days song? Yes, we used to, yeah, I do. We used to have yeah. a little ba- a band. So, you know, we were getting pretty popular and we played the Hectic Day song at the end of our show, at the beginning of our show every day. Mm-hmm. And it was a really cool little jingle, but I have a hectic day. And we get a cease and desist letter from some attorney saying, uh, we're going to need compensation for this. Re-. And I, I, wait a minute, you, you sent it to us. Hey, here's a song for your show. And then years later, they wanted to capitalize. And you know what? Really? Only thing it did was bite them in the ass because we just didn't play it ever again. I don't know what they wanted. I never ended up getting. That's how that ended. Yes, <laughs> lawsuit. Oh, Ridiculous. Wow. Lawyers ruin everything. Did you know that yeah, I would? Do. Did you know do. that I was sued? They do. Did you know I was sued by Shirley Jones from the Partridge Family? Over. Stop. The mother. For what? I was in radio in Orlando in the uh, in the late eighties at Q ninety six. Orlando's quality rock and roll. This doesn't have anything to do with interns now, right? <laughs> no, nothing right, to do with ahead. interns. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> I used to date them exclusively, though. But uh, if you call it dating, no. They have an um, AOL account. <laughs> and, and and so uh, one of the bits, my, it was the, before Paul and Young Ron. It was uh, it was Tommy and Paul, my old my old roommate from college, Tom Griffiths. We did a morning show for a couple of years and. We did this celebrity morning wake-up call. Whenever uh, r- celebrities showed up in a hotel in Orlando, and they were showing up a lot. It was the beginning of Disney and everything. I had a bellhop. Uh, I knew that he worked at one of the hotels, and I, he was on my payroll. I'd give him concert tickets, and he'd go, <laughs> Walter Cronkite is in room 421. So he, and I'd call back the hotel, get room. For, oh, this is Walter Cronkite. Good morning. <laughs> oh, hey, Walter, it's the Tommy and Paul show. Hey, goofy radio DJ moment. <laughs> well, it's nice to speak to you. Good to have you over. And he was great. And we kept going. we get him. Then one day we called up Shirley Jones oh. from the, the, the sweet America's sweetheart, the mother from the Partridge family. Mm-hmm. And she's, uh, she had come in on the red eye and she's, hello. No. And we're with the horns. Tommy. I'm on the radio. What? I don't want to be on the radio. Click. Well, thanks for welcome to Orlando, Shirley. And then about two hours later, after my show, I get called in. Uh, Paul, did you wake up Shirley Jones? Like, yeah, it's celebrity morning wake up. Well, her husband Marty Engels is suing us for invasion of privacy. <laughs> they pulled us off Endangered the air. Endangered privacy. I- invasion of privacy. Invasion of privacy. They pulled us off the air. They uh, we were on Entertainment Tonight, all the TV shows. It was the greatest publicity thing. Sure, they, they fired us. Really? Yeah. No. And, they, and for fifteen thousand dollars is what that it turns what? out the lawsuit. They had to pay them off for fifteen grand. Uh, I lost my job. I had to go to Tennessee. It was terrible. Um, Twenty years later, fast forward, my producer back in South Florida with Paul and Yaron says, "Hey, you want inter- inter- anybody interested in, in interviewing Shirley Jones?" I go, "Oh hell yeah!" Yeah. So get on the and it's funny i'm live in cancun mexico doing a show 
with a bunch of listeners and they go, Shirley Jones is coming up next. And I just can't wait to lambast her. I said, let me ask you a question. A couple of years ago, uh, maybe 20, uh, did you not get a DJ fired in Orlando for waking you up in a hotel room? She goes, well, that was my husband. I go, well, that was me. She goes, hold on. Honey, and she oh, hands no. on the phone. He and I went at it for 40 minutes. It was one of the greatest. Come on. Uh, he's like, you don't have the right to wake up my wife. And I'm like, well, yeah, we, you know, anyway. Wow. Uh, Some, I, so, sounds like somebody was capitalizing on his wife's fame. Apparently, but the, which is what I was doing. I goes, you know, if, <laughs> I go, if, if you think about it, I wouldn't have called her if she wasn't famous. And, uh, and I said, you know. I, I, it was probably a good thing to happen to me in my career early on because at least I get the story out of it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but at the time, it's yeah, you lose your career. It's devastating. Yeah. No, you that know? kind of stinks that they fired you. I think the, Listen, ra- the I radio think I'm station glad I got the hell out of Orlando <laughs> and, wow. and, and ended up, you know, even though I had to go to Tennessee and I went to Birmingham, Alabama and other places, I only had you made some rounds. I had sites to get back to South Florida. And, you know, I, I got back in 90. And, you know, Ron and I had a 28-year run. That was a good run. That's a hell of a run. I always say this. It's almost unheard of if you think about it. The Beatles did 10 years. (laughs) But but the Rolling Stones are still going. I love it. Going back to that Rolling Stone, that was my wife and I, and we're concert goers. That was our first concert we ever went to. The one that the 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 Rolling Stones did here? Down in the AAA. It was like like 15, 16, 17 years ago. Did you guys go to the one at the uh, the Orange? I thought that was the last time you'd see them, but I was dead wrong. I did. uh, No, I saw them the last time they came through here. I keep calling it the old Joe Robbie Stadium. I never really got that out of my mind. I saw them at the Orange Bowl with Marilyn Manson and Smashing Pumpkins, and I got to go backstage and meet Mick Jagger, which is a oh, career that's highlight. Sure. That's cool. Got the picture, yeah. the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, that's cool. So I got to actually spend two seconds with Mick, and I said, <laughs> hey, where's Keith? And he goes, Keith, I said, the meet and greet. He goes, I slap him on the ass five minutes before we walk on stage, and there we go. <laughs> that was my moment with Mick Jagger, and I never forgot. You got to give him credit. Hey, what, it, in their 70s, and they're still, I think they're still cranking out. It's the Rolling Stones. It is. It's the Stones. The they're Stones. the best. There, yeah, I, I agree. The Rolling Stones. Although yeah. I did get a chance to meet, uh, meet. I spoke to Ringo. Don't, don't tell me Jimmy Buffett. No, oh, I spoke okay. to Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. Ringo two weeks ago, and um, did you? That was a career highlight. Yeah, I, you know, it, I got a good story about Ringo. Well, it's just the fact that I got to speak to a Beatle is bucketless stuff. That is. That's exactly priceless. it. So we used to do our sales conference at the Hard Rock every year for this music industry job I had, right? So I get a call from I'm out at the pool on the weekend during break time, and I get a call from one of the VPs like, "Hey, D." Got to come to the ballroom A right now. I'm like, okay, (laughs) cool. cool. And I walk in there, right? And there's just a bunch of other executives, right? And I'm like a director in the company. So I'm kind of like on the outside looking into this group, but they knew I'd really want to do this, right? So I was like, I'm like, what's up? They're like, you're going to meet a Beatle. I'm like, what? Like, get out of here. So sure enough, Ringo was playing the hard rock that night, right? And we all got to line up and everything like that. So these people came in, lined everybody up like that. And like, all right. Mr. Star is going to be coming in just two minutes, two minutes. And they'll go two minutes, two minutes, right? Like that comes walking in. He's got a sport blazer on and everything like that. Looks around and short as could be right. He looks dead at me out of the whole group. He goes, yo, little, you stand next to me. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it. So we did. And then we were, we were all the peace signs. Peace, everybody. everybody. So he made everyone do that. Yeah. And that was it. He was a sweet guy. And, yeah, that's another sentimental thing. My father was at Kennedy when the Beatles arrived mm-hmm. in 64. He was a special agent with the U.S. Customs, and he actually has black and white photos that I took. Oh, wow. Or that I still have that he took the pictures of them coming off the escalator and all that stuff. Yeah, it was uh, – that's pretty cool. That is. That's Definitely. great. That's great. Um, 
our next question, since we are <laughs> in the start in the uh, strange question segment, comes from our good mutual friend Mike Myatt. And uh, since we have uh, three Italian guys in the room, only two half, <laughs> he asks, favorite Italian market and why? Oh. You got Paul's definitely gonna lead this one off. Well, it's easy. Doris <laughs> Italian market. Yeah, I say Doris's. That's that's what I'm going Doris with. Doris down yeah. here. There's you know yeah. it's it's spectacular. I mean, yeah. but with all due respect to my friends at Doris in Portland, Maine, there's a market called Macucci, which can be taken as a dirty word. M I C U C C I Macucci's Italian market in Portland, Maine. It's in the old port and not M Y. M- no, am I? Yeah. And, 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 and have you ever been to Portland, Maine? It's it's, sure. it's, it's one of the coolest it towns in, in the east. It's the best. Um, but you can smell. They do slab pizza, and they make it constantly. And, and so when you walk into this market, and then you get to the back, they just put they just put it out, and people come in and take it. And they take it. And they take. It's just as it's being made. <clears throat> I don't think there's anything like it in the world. And you know they have the the deli part where they got you walk up. I want two pounds of prosciutto, a little cup of coal. And the guys are yelling and they're throwing cheese. And it's just, you know, Doris is a civilized South Florida Italian right. market with all the ingredients you ever wanted. Macucci's Italian market in uh, in Portland, Maine. I, I, you know, I dream about the place. It sounds like the Italian version of the fish market in Seattle. Very right? similar, yeah. yeah. Actually the way By the way, I went come. to that Pike's Fish Market in Seattle. Was it good? It's fantastic. Yeah. You could spend a day there. And, and uh, you know who I ran into there? Um did you guys watch Homeland? Yeah. The the show? Yeah. Saul? Yeah. Yeah. What's the actor? Um, oh, names. I'm on the spot with names right now. I didn't, I didn't you see You don't it, watch so. Homeland? <laughs> no, I didn't watch oh Homeland. Oh, my God. The, the name is going right over I'm still watching a Partridge family. Come on. Right, I'm trying yeah, to get yeah, caught yeah. up with you, Paul. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, the Pike's Fish Market uh, smoked uh, fish. And, you know, you can walk through there. You can eat there. Mm-hmm. And you can buy ingredients there. And the giant salmon. And... You know, I, I did take my son salmon fishing when I was in Vancouver. Nice. And then we went down to Seattle and uh, we chartered a guy that we'd seen on a fishing show. And I, it's funny, I went, I saw a fishing show. I said, that guy looks pretty good. We're going to Vancouver. I got the number just like people probably do when they watch uh, World of Saltwater Fishing. And uh, I booked the guy. I said, you know, I saw you on a fishing show. I want to fish with you. And uh, that was one of our great highlights. We caught multiple uh, king salmon two or three of which we could keep mm-hmm. and uh and we had it processed and shipped nice. home and yeah that was That's a nice great. little when we got home fedex and beautiful king set i don't think uh, there's and, anything and, like that not it's that fresh no no that that fish right there but you know we trolled we trolled uh in 110 feet of water along a rocky ledge you know it's like cliffs straight mm-hmm. down 15 miles from downtown vancouver not far bald eagles and bears and everything else everywhere and um i heard that that's an amazing place it is vancouver, vancouver? I, yeah. I think out of all the cold places on earth i could live there mm-hmm. yeah it's i've heard that it's a too. neat town yeah and stay at the fairmont that hotel is ridiculous but that being said we uh seaplanes flying in and out great sushi a great asian community the asian food in that town is unreal but they fish with barbless hooks george and I'm like, why? And they're like, well, at the government rule there. Yeah. <laughs> Is it really? We, we did the big Prince Edward Island, the giant tunas. And you have to fish with their boats. No U.S. boats that come up in there. And we, we did a show. This might have been five, six years ago. And they had these weird rules. They're not weird. It's, you know, it's, it's their fishery that all, unless you have a kill permit and each captain 
gets one kill permit a year. They could kill one bluefin tuna to sell. And we were doing our show in September, and their license time to, to kill that fish was ending the end of September. The captain asked me, if we got a good fish in your trip, would you mind if we killed it because we wanted to turn in our one card? I said, well, that's fine. But they said, <clears throat> well, for catch and release fishing, which we're going to do until we see if you got a big one, it's all barbless hooks. Wow. Then I think it was like they gave you, and I could be off by 15, 20 minutes here, but they gave you an hour to an hour and a half, I think, to release a fish that you're fighting. If not, there's a patrol boat that comes out. They'll make you cut your line. Oh. Then you're allowed. I thought oh. it, it, once you hit their limit, how they <clears throat> they they uh, score limit. If you fight a tuna, whether he runs off 15 minutes and you're fighting him and hook pulls, that's counted as your one for the day. Right. And then, you know, so oh. you're, you're, you're back at the dock. Oh, it's a noon. thresher shark. Come on. Wow. How do they know? <laughs> but they said yeah. with a kill permit, it's true. you're allowed, if you're going <laughs> to kill it and you had the permit, you could have a barbed hook. But it's the government rule that they had in place for bluefin tuna. So I'm suspecting, I don't know for a fact, but I'm suspecting it carries over to what you just said. Well, now I fished this summer. I booked a charter three times. You know, I got a little cottage up in Maine. Now, my goal this summer was to catch a bluefin. We didn't get one. Mm -hmm. Three times with the same captain. At one point, his buddy fishing next to us goes, we got one. We're going in. 650 pounder <laughs> right next to us. Live squid, uh, you know, fishing uh, those little mackerel that they get up in the sure. north. Those tinkers. Those tinkers, little tinkers. Yeah. Oh, if we had those baits here, can you imagine? Yeah. They're everywhere. There's millions of them. But I, I, it's that one fish that has eluded me. And I, I ended up, uh, I interviewed Dave Marciano from Wicked Tuna, the Wicked Tuna a couple of weeks ago. He goes, well, you should have fished with me down here off Massachusetts there. We get them. But the difference is if we get one under 250 pounds in Maine, I get to keep the fish over to 250. The boat keeps it. <laughs> Do yourself That's a, fair a favor. Yeah. Prince Edward Island. Yeah. It'll rock your world. You go out and, and they come around the boat like school dolphin. Mm. No, I'm serious. You hand feed them. What? You hand feed you and, pick and it. throwing That's them October, up and you right? pick your fish. In October? We did it in September. September, yeah. I would go September, August, September. I was supposed to do that with Andy this year. Oh, it and, is. But then COVID, the craziest, they couldn't make it a trip. Craziest yeah. thing. And you're Andy in. goes up there every September and he slays them. You'll never, it's unbelievable. You're yeah. 50, 60 feet of water. What? So they can't run deep. Yeah. They run out so you could beat them quickly in a heavy tackle if, they, if you have a good captain and get back on them fast. And they're all around. And, and you're just chunking them, and you pick the one you want, and your rod's in a holder, you strip off a bunch of line, and you've got your bait. Here's a good one. You, you throw it out, and boom. It is the most bizarre thing to see these tuna, and yeah. they're so big. Every single one of them, like when you throw, and you think you have your timing down, and a even a bigger tuna, no, I don't want that one. Boom, he, he, he hits, <laughs> and you hook up, and, and it just, just smoke off. You're using 130-pound test tackle. Oh. Then, you know, when you get a blackfin here, at the end, they do the tuna circle on you. Then you get a yellowfin, and they do the wider circles. These things, when they go in the circle, seem like a city block wall. But it's an amazing fishery. It's a beautiful, incredible place. I mean, I highly recommend it. You have to experience at least once if you have the opportunity. Well, that's what Andy was saying. He was saying, he goes, don't oh, you just come. He's bring the whole family. It's guaranteed. Yeah. It's a yeah, guarantee. It's, it's close to Maine. I could definitely do that. He should, Paul. So as you, as you get... Uh, 
you know, I watch all your shows. Uh, some days you I do. I appreciate that. Nah, yeah, listen, what else am I going to do? My wife's, watching, one, right? my wife's watching. Gina's watching 90 Day Fiance. I'm watching fishing shows in the other room in my man cave. But I see sometimes you go bone fishing. Uh, sure. you, you do different inland stuff. You go, what, you're an offshore guy. I am. You are, yeah. Genetics. But I got to tell you, I mean, that's how I was raised. But I started spending, uh, you know, I, I, summers in Maine. And I've really gotten, and while I haven't got a bluefin, I've really gotten good at striper fishing. Um, really, they're a fun fish. They really are. It's it's a snook. It really is. I was, Paul, yeah. you stole the words out of my yeah. mouth. I was said that's their equivalent of our snook. The habits, everything, exactly the same. Structure, whether it's night fishing or day fishing, exactly the same. Uh, they don't like. Uh, they eat lures. I mean, uh, they they're a little bit more voracious, I think, than snook. Uh, in that, I could get a, if you put a live bait. Like you can come to my house right now. I live on a canal. And the snook are stacked under the dock. I don't care what you put in front of them. They're not going to look at it. <laughs> It'll make you crazy. Uh, although, though, someone will pull up on a fly on a boat, cast right in front of them, and catch one. Make me nuts. My dog's barking. I'm yelling, get out of my yard. <laughs> but, but if you put a live bait. I got a nice machine. <laughs> you put a live mackerel out in front anywhere, and if there's a mackerel in near it, you'll know it within seconds because that mackerel will be just like skating along the surface. And I've had more fun. So the slot is 28 over 28 to 34. I'll catch a 15 fish, 20 fish in a day, all 27 inches. It'll make you crazy. <laughs> yeah, but they're fun. Yeah. That's I, great. I, I had a question for you. Not, not that we'll come back on this topic. Nah. Is what size shoe do you wear by chance? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> There's the shoes up there. No, I'm just, just kidding. I'm, I'm a size 14. <sighs> size 14? No. No, I'm a size nine. Size nine, it's just a yeah. right size to walk over there, put a little more ice and oh, refresh that. Yeah. Out there, you know? I, I know it well from his show. Yeah, he there, does there. It. I thought you were going to spoil that. I was going to say a word. You do it. You've done it to Harry. You've done it to you know, all your buddies. I, th I think you caught me though. I'm not sure. You didn't try it with me. You no, knew better. You, you, yeah. I was wondering where you were that. going with that. That was that's why I was a little hesitant to answer there. Yeah. Uh, what's your buddy's name? Not that fishes with you all the time. Carl. Yeah, Carl. Grousey, yeah. yeah. So you do it to Carl, but he's on to you now. Oh, he's way on to you. I got to yeah, change it like up Carl. a little bit now, too, you know. <laughs> and it's funny, when you say that line to people, and you're on the boat, and, and they know you're live with a camera, they they think they're getting a free pair of shoes. <laughs> shoes. So they're good. all excited when they give you that answer. And I'm like That's disappointed funny. when you tell them to walk over there and open up the yeah. fish box, you know. <laughs> well, I got to ask this next question from this guy, actually. It happens oh, no. to be here's, in the room. Oh, go. So, Justin over here with Justin Broderick asks, uh, do you guys ever argue? Because you're good friends. Us too? Do you ever argue no. about who's more Italian? <laughs> no, he's. I think. Well, here we go. Let's. I. I, I never uh, knew this. Who okay. has more yeah. vowels in their last name? That's, that, that's a tie. Isn't that a yeah, dead ringer right tie, there? Yeah. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll throw it out because I'm not. Okay, I'm half Italian and the other half is Irish. I'm like you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So what are you, Paul? I'm going to have to leave. Uh, you know. <laughs> so so there. I always thought there was a lot of German on my mother's side. Yeah. Uh, until we did the Ancestry.com. She let you just walk around the house throwing bottles on the ground. Is that what it was? <laughs> nice callback. Um. Uh, but the Ancestry.com turns out we have like ninety percent Italian, and then there's a little. There's a couple of some weird stuff in there that you don't know where English, England, and a little French, and then some German. Oh, see, now it's getting complicated. But, How do but, you call it? But I would say it was mostly Italian. Oh, like, there you go. Almost so. 85, 90% Sicilian. So, oh, 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 o
Is that really Italian? Actually, should I take the headphones off and it's, leave the room? Uh, I gotta okay. go. Now, look, my grandfather was born in Pennsylvania. His father was born in Italy. It was Pissarro towards the north. Well, you might as well be Swiss at that point. But I don't know what to say. <laughs> Is Sicily really Italian? That, you know... Interestingly, I don't know. I, well, let's put it, it's in that's Italy. That's going to go in the uh, controversial well, category. Well, what, what, it's, Sicily is part of Italy. What did you miss that day in geography? Well, it, I always hear the joke that that was the te- Italy was the boot, and they were kicking Sicily, <laughs> which I'm not going to say what true. it was. Uh, <laughs> kicking it off the but, but you know, it's funny. I did go to Sicily, and it, 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 if you walk through the town, the towns, the street signs are in Spanish. There's English names, and you know, hmm. because Sicily was conquered so many times <laughs> over the years that uh, you know of the centuries. But yeah, the ancestry said we started out in Greece. Our people ended up in Crete, and then all settled in Sicily, and kind of went through. No, Italy. I never did that ancestry. It's thing. cool. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you got to do it, man. My daughters all they like doing it, and and so the, they said, "Yo, oh, well, Dad, you know, we have this on my mom's side. We have this. You know, what do we? You know, they said we're really this, and I said, no. I said you got to understand." Because they'll say ancestry, but they only say that we're only like 40% of Italian heritage. And I says, but they're forgetting one thing that you can't factor into that computer. What's that? The last name counts as bonus points. You get an extra 20 points for the last name. So your last name's so Poveromo, so that puts you more Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that, actually. You know, what the so heck? My last name is Friel, which is the Irish side. So, so I always consider points. myself more more Irish than I consider than, bonus yeah. points. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Yep. So I don't know. Well, I can tell the way you're drinking well, and you come home, according to your wife, drunk, that you definitely have the Irish in you. Yeah, but I, I, can, I can hold it, though. I mean, that's my, the callbacks. My, my wife being half Italian, half Irish, I think she got the Irish, more Irish on her side because of her cooking. Did I just say yeah, that out loud? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. there you go. So, <laughs> I feel your face. So, so, oh, so there's like this little <laughs> genetic line here between the three of us yeah. here, you know, and it's all... It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for thank you for drudging through these questions with me. These are fun. I I got Connor Eagleton asking the last one for you. He goes, "What was your favorite Mark Five and why?" Oh, again, very, very, very tough. And and again, it's you know me. Maybe it's the Italian heritage. It's hard to to look beyond the sentimental value. There's you know they all every boat was was very very good. And I've got to say the current one I'm running now has been like a, a fish magnet. This is magnificent. And, and so much of that has to do with maybe timing where you are when these fish happen to be coming through at that time. But the current, uh, three, three, four, make a one right now is just like a magnet for big fish. I would say that, but then I've got to go back to the first 25 foot Mako that I started off before I got in the industry and then segued into the industry on that same boat. That's when I used to fish a lot of the Mako tournaments and trailer it. It was a fir- it was a second year the 25 foot Mako came out. My father had bought it. It was a uh, 1979 25 and we fished that a ton. We caught a ton of fish, a ton of fun times with friends and you know, you look back at that boat, and again, you put the sentimental aspect into it. it you know that that weighs a lot too. And as the one I'm running now, you know, they've all been good. But if I had to pick the two of them, I just said it. Did your dad get to? Uh, uh, I don't know if your dad's still alive. Did he get <laughs> no, to experience your your? Uh, he passed away, and I'll tell you something about that. It is a funny story. It is my dad? He was a dentist, and he he went Bay Harbor. 
and uh, he was a, a very successful dentist. He, he had the right location before Bay Harbor really became Bay Harbor, and he was there already. And, uh, you know, he was nicknamed the fishing dentist because all he would do is like the fish. He loved dentistry and he loved fishing. Perfect. And so he got me involved in that, and he wanted his two sons, my younger brother, who's four years below me, had to become dentists. That was the deal. I'm going to move you. You're going to come to my practice because, you know, the whole bit. And I can't tell you how ingrained you had to be this dentist thing. I, And I am not of that chemistry <laughs> to look in people's mouth. I could look in a fish mouth all day and take hooks, but I can't look in a person's no, mouth. That's one job I could never do. And, and I'm yeah, not yeah, wired you're, you're, for you're, it. And you're always looking down in the mouth. Yeah. You gotta be, you gotta be <laughs> wired for it. My, I'm, I'm terrible in math. I'm terrible in chemistry. My younger brother, who is a dentist in central Florida, picked up the chemistries. He picked all that up and he became a dentist. And my dad was so worried about me. Then, and he finally realized that, I wasn't going to be a dentist, but then you got to be an attorney. Oh, I, I got that story. And then, they all so. wanted me to be a lawyer. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why. Because we could talk. I, I I don't know if I can, was able to even talk really back then. <laughs> but it, so it was all these arguments. And then so he finally figured out that his son, number one son, is not going to do much anything. But he did support <laughs> my fishing habit. Okay. So that, and I graduated University of Miami. He made me graduate. Well, you made one mistake. Well, we'll talk about this in a second, but I will tell you and remind me because when I come back, I want to tell you one of the funniest things my dad ever said. Oh, good, John. He's coming back. I am coming back. So anyway. Can I come back? Yes, please. We, we fast forward and I get involved with the Mako tournaments and I get picked up through there, the Saltwater Connections. I end up going to work for Saltwater Sportsman. We end up doing a seminar series. Then we do the TV series. So my dad's alive through all this and he's amazed at to the point where he was like shocked and very, very proud at that point, because I think he was more worried what was going to happen, Yeah, but he was so proud and he was uh, of, of the success and where I was able to get to where I was. And he, and he had a weird sense of humor. It wasn't my sense of humor. Me, as you well know, we joke and he was more, you know, didn't like my corny sense of humor and that. So <laughs> I said some joke one Neither time. Way, but he didn't ahead. like it. So he said, George, let me ask you a question. This was about a half a year his before he passed away. His jokes were a little long in the tooth. <laughs> no, I like, I like, I like, yeah, exactly. Oh, I, I, I like corny pun. jokes. And yeah. So he said, George, he said, do you have your, your degree, your, your diploma from University of Miami? I go, I'm sure I do. He goes, where do you think it is? Probably in a trunk where you put everything that you have for a kid, you know, as you're growing up. So do me a favor. Do yourself a favor. I want you to find that. You take it out, and you get it framed. And I want you to put that on the inside of your front door. And I'm thinking to myself, where is he going with it? Is he dead serious? And I said, okay. He says, I want you to do that. You promised me? I said, yeah. And I said, well, why? He says, because God forbid, if your house ever caught fire and you had to get you and your family out of there, you would see that diploma hanging on the inside of your door. I want you to take that with you because if you ever told anybody that you graduated college and you didn't have proof, they never believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of the funniest lines you ever, ever really <laughs> Yeah. I remember a conversation with my parents and my dad was like, you're going to go into what <laughs> broadcasting, you know, I want to be on the, um, on Saturday night live, you know? And he said, just go to law school. Even the worst lawyers make $30,000 a very year. Traditionalists. Yeah. 
weren't they? Yeah, I think it was like yeah, because they, they figured, never went to college. Yeah, they they went to, with a law degree, you could do anything pretty yeah, much. Yeah, well, no, but what your dad figure. was a dentist. My dad never went to school. He was like you know, hardworking guy his whole life. U.S. Customs special agent, all that stuff. But for me, it was I just wanted to be the funny guy, and it, uh, <laughs> and I didn't know. You know, I I won the the Budweiser Young Comedians Tour back in the uh, at one point in college, hmm. and uh, it was a competition. We had to do stand up and. The grand prize was I got to open up for Richard Lewis, the comedian, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in, in front of 10,000 people wow. in Gainesville. Wow. And it was the start of my stand-up comedy career. <laughs> Big start. Until I got heckled for the first time in my life, and I decided <laughs> I will never do that again. <laughs> I, I get up on stage, and I had 10 minutes. They said, you go do 10 minutes, and and then Richard Lewis will come on. And I so I, I went up, and I did a joke, and the guy in the somebody in the front row gives me the slash sign goes like this and I I'm thinking well I'm being told to leave the stage turns out it was just some idiot who didn't want me on stage no. and I'm like and I run off to the back and, and Richard Lewis goes what are you doing why did you leave the stage what did you and what I are you pacing like yeah he was doing up? the whole thing in his hair. and uh, I go the guy in the front row said I gotta get off he goes you were being heckled I go I didn't know what heckling is and I just realized you know what my ego can't take this I'm just gonna go and do my radio career and it worked out for me, but I really, really, you know, if I have to go back, you know, fear is a weird thing. And I, and I think a lot of people, fear is the one thing we should all overcome. I, my son, he's extremely talented and really handsome. We're to the point where he could, if he focused on acting, mm -hmm. he could probably make it in, 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 in as, as an actor. But the fear of actually doing it. And standing up and, and being vulnerable in front of people and becoming a character or whatever, it holds a lot of people back. And I think it held me back from, you know, I probably should have pushed through that. And I could have been a great stand-up or maybe a, the next Letterman gone on to California or New York, but I never did those things. And in the back of my mind, I think well, but, I... But, but, well, you could continue, but you're on a Dennis Friel show. I understand <laughs> that. <laughs> Hashtag you, rock bottom. Go ahead. No, continue. Sorry. Oh, no, that was good. That was no, good. That was bad. No, no, no. That was we're good. We're going to punch balls. We're going to punch balls. But, um, I like it. Yeah, I, I'm not ruining that I did not try those things. But in the back of my mind, I think, wonder what would have happened. You know, I, my friends all thought I was going to Saturday Night Live. They just didn't offer that course at UF or Miami. Because um, <laughs> you went to college, you didn't go right to straight to New York and knock on the door. That's probably what it is. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. And I, my my comedian friends around the country, and I, I I'm, I'm friends with all of them, and you know, and very few of them went to school. You know, Bert Kreischer did go to Florida State, mm -hmm. and but many of them just yeah, as soon as they were twenty, they were like comedy clubs. You know, they did the that stuff he does with the t-shirt and the machine is just genius. He, I, I texted him. I go, you want to go to Tropic Star Lodge? Because I fish with Bert. Are you buddies I, with them? Yeah, very close. Uh, we fish. He fishes. Yeah, we oh, fished. Get out. We fished with Dennis Forgione. Paul, bring him on the podcast. Oh, yeah, the fabulous Forgione. Come yeah, on. Fished with Dennis Forgione, the fabulous Forgione years ago. Gonna bring him on the podcast. Wait, so I texted him. I go, We're going to Tropic Star in May. You should come with us. It's epic. And I sent him pictures of all these Marlon. We call. He goes, Dude, I'm in Serbia filming the machine. No. Yeah, he got a movie deal. So oh, he fabulous. is he's next level. Well, but who, that who is was great. the one? that you might say was the most instrumental in turning your career to where you are right now. And I'm going to ask you the same question. It's George Favreau. No, I'm not an artist. <laughs> My wife. Now, how? Yeah, um, Actually. Yeah, it was Gina. Um, you know, I, I think behind every every creative person has got to be someone that's a rock. Who and, understands. Yeah. Yeah, the process. Yeah, I was 
just kind of mulling along in radio and uh, yeah, the Paul and Young Ron <laughs> show was doing okay, but they weren't really paying us and they were treating us like garbage at WSHE and an offer came along and I'm like, I don't know. And Gina was like, you need to go. You, this, these people are holding you back. You can do this, 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 and that. And she gave me the advice to leave WSHE radio wow. and go, go to 94.9 Zeta. And I, I needed her to nudge me along. That was a good choice then. I got to tell they, you. They were hot. Tommy well, was right. Well, they were hot because he went there. Yes, and, I agree. And, and, and I agree. That, but you know no, what? It was all. No. It was, I understand they were good before you, you, that. No, that that's probably, no, no, they were not good. But when we went there, the timing no, was right he was, because. He brought it up. But you it made was, that station right. But it was the 90s. It, it, it was Paul. the music. Paul. The, like the grunge. It all happened at once. It, you were like. We were the catalyst. No, you were like Joe Walsh going to Eagles. You lit that band up, uh, and you lit ninety four. That's the greatest analogy I've ever heard. But it's true. That talking is, about my career. That, that's that's the truth. That is wow. a good one. Because you, you made that them. station because the Gator, like, oh, you heard some ads and yeah. everything like that, and they were playing some decent music. But when you went there, yes. that changed the entire it landscape did. of that place. It did. You right. know that's true. But but also, it you know Zeta at the same exact time. We changed the music. We started playing Stone Temple Pilots and Nirvana, and right. there wasn't a station down here doing that. And we just happened to be the guys. And yeah, the show was good too. We were, you know, we were. The show was epic. Yeah, we were yeah. coming Legendary. along into our own, and yeah. we had a good, you know, we had a nice run. The chemistry you and Ron had was, you know, was you good. Know, you know, it was, it was actually good. It was, it was incredible. Do you know I that mean, they at one point, you know, like ten years in, they're fifteen, and whenever it was that we left. They they were like you guys are getting too old for Zeta. We Bullshit. we want to bring in a younger show, and you know we would. Howard Stern had left Big One Hundred Five Nine and gone to Satellite Radio, and so Big was open. They I think they our company fired him because of whatever he was saying on the air, and they were like, yeah, we'd like you guys to move over there because you're getting too old. And <clears throat> we were like forty. I'm like what? And they uh, they decided to bring in this show, Lex and Terry, <sighs> and they were out of Jacksonville. I remember that. Yeah, that and, show was And we horrible. were like, Lex and Terry are older than us. What? Well, well, they're edgier. And I'm like, okay. Mm. And uh, they brought this show in, and they came on the air. They acted like they were our buddies. They came on the air, and then in a few weeks, they were like, Paul and Ron suck. <laughs> and I'll never forget it as long as I live. And we were kind of pissed. Be like, hey, you guys are jerks. What are you doing? You're coming to Miami. You're saying that. But we were legends in the town. And they they came into the market. And they got up on stage to introduce a band and the crowd was booing them. And they, st the crowd started chanting Paul and Ron. Oh, beautiful. Paul. I got video of it. It was beautiful. like at the time. And the guy, the idiots go, screw all you Cubans. And they walked no. off. Oh, yeah. oh. And they were fired like weeks later. What? And yeah. And that was the end of Zeta. Zeta died right then and because there. That, that was really, that, that was yeah, part of it. All part of it. Yeah. And we were, you know, I mean, listen, it didn't hurt me to go to the classic rock station because I grew up on that music anyway. But it was a shame that uh, that era of music ended in the market. But, you know, if you listen to our station now, we're classic rock, but we play Nirvana right. as well as Zeppelin. And mm -hmm. I think that that, you know, I think I think what happened is it got to a point where. And this is my opinion, so it doesn't mean anything, but when rap rock Rap rock like Lincoln Park and and uh, and 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 Limp Biscuit. Yeah, it wasn't as appealing to older dudes that were fifty or forty five as Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots. It made some of the dudes that came up on Zeppelin go, "I don't want to hear rap with my rock." Yeah, younger mm -hmm. crowd was into it, so I think a lot. Of, it was a little bit polarizing. 
And I, I, I think that was the beginning of the end of Zeta. Wow. You know, How about that? A little less of rock no, and roll. That's, I don't get to talk about this on the radio. That's, that's why this that's is fascinating. That's a gem. That's a gem. Really, I mean, I wanted to bring up, you guys were talking about Rolling Stones earlier, and, mm. and we're talking about concerts, and I just, like, this is this, this is the shittiest thing about COVID to me, is oh, the yeah, shows. It, it, yeah, for like, sure. And that's the truth. Imagine if you worked in that industry. That, oh. That's like that's like our thing. God. Like, m- me and my wife. That's, yeah, like, P- that's P- like our yeah, big yeah, thing yeah, is P- going P- to P- shows. You have a big 54-foot boat right now. <laughs> like, like. Like rather than going out to dinner and everything like that, okay. Like, hey, what shows, shows? What shows do we have this month? Like we we are just like audiophiles, like to the core, like big time. But and by the way, like my wife, you're talking about the biggest. I'm right there with you, thousand percent. She's the one that kicked me out the door to, to quit that's my day gonna, job to come yeah, to right. open we this thing up. Like sometimes. I, you know, I mean, yeah. that's there's no other way about it. Like <laughs> yes, there's good. been a shit ton of people along the way that have helped me along. There's no doubt about it, right? I mean, I can't even count how many people that have helped me in my career. There's no doubt about it. I love every single one of them, right? Right then the Bernard Paul Husses and, and all the people mm-hmm. on down the line that have been there and are still here to with me like to this day. I could not have done what I do without them. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. But my wife above and beyond all has been my rock and the person has and she's an artist too. Oh, if anybody cool. gets me, it's her. She I was going to say, everything that looks, I can see yeah. what's yours, and now I can see what's hers. Yeah, she, <laughs> she, she, she understands. The really good stuff. She, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she understands that process behind everything I do, and it, like right down to this weekend, how she knew that I had to spend every waking minute doing this guitar this <clears> weekend <throat> to get it done in time. She, like, when she is gets it Jimmy it Johnson, by the way? This weekend. Come oh. on. Actually, when this airs, it'll be like as we're mm-hmm. talking. Anyway, I know we get a long-winded about that, <clears> but <throat> I wanted to bring up Pearl Jam. Right. For um, the concerts and everything like the best concerts. One of my favorite shows that I've ever been to was that one that I had at Lockhart Stadium. Oh, yeah. Right? That was, that's one of the, <laughs> that greatest, one of the greatest shows. Yeah, ever. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, I, I left my house, drove everybody to the show and forgot the tickets. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I was living in Pompano. I had yeah. to, I left everybody there. They didn't talk. They were so pissed. I had to drive home and get the tickets. But that was a great show. That was the greatest show, show oh. wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was one when down at the Cameo Theater down in South Beach when... The Red Hot Chili Peppers were playing. Smashing Pumpkins were opening for them. We were in line, and they announced, and they announced the third band, and it was Pearl Jam. Mm. And everyone was saying, "I don't know, it's the Earl James Band, someone." <laughs> right? And then all of a sudden, you see Eddie Vedder climbing the rafters in the Cameo Theater, and you're like, "Who the hell is this?" Wait, so Red Hot Chili Peppers played the Cameo? There's Bloodshot Sugar Sex Magic Tour. Were they? Were they There's just Blood Sugar Sex? Whatever the mm-hmm. silver one. So that was in the '80s. No, it was it was the nineties. It was, it was like nineteen ninety. Why weren't they doing stadiums? I don't understand. No, that was it. No, um, no, but they weren't. It was the next. The Blood Sugar Sex Magic oh. was the album that put them over. Okay. Then they came up with California Cation. Because I that, saw them it, at the Reading Festival in they London. They weren't stadium yet. They were okay. Like that in nineteen ninety, I saw. I mean, you probably were there too for the Guns N' Roses show on New Year's mm-hmm. Eve when Soundgarden opened up for them. Right mm-hmm. now, Soundgarden opening up for Guns N' Roses in nineteen ninety was, a, that, was yeah. a big deal for Soundgarden. <laughs> Right. Right. And I remember that. And I, I wanted to get in early to see Soundgarden. A lot of people couldn't understand why. I remember this explicitly because everyone was there for GNR, New Year's Eve, like the whole thing. So 1990 was a really interesting year for that break and that music, all the stuff you're talking about. This is kind of what I've been getting at. You're talking about the GTR thing and the switch in music and yep. all that. It was right around that time. It was a very interesting time in music where people didn't understand or didn't have a gauge because everything was changing. Well, right it was there. either you know, if you listen to music in the 1990s, you know, from 90 through 95, it was Phil Collins was in on 
Mm-hmm. Every record. It was Genesis and Phil Collins, but on the other side, and, and Eric Clapton. And everything else was Nirvana and all these new bands. And it was like a weird... Yeah. And and the hair bands had just ended. Yep. And they were like a pariah. <laughs> and I remember the program directors for the radio stations were like, you you can either be a hair metal metal show band radio station or you know WSHE which we were we were playing all the Eric Clapton stuff and then they were like you need to come to this new station Zeta. We're going to play all this and I was like, what is what? Marcy <laughs> Playground? What the hell are you talking yeah. about? But it worked. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I bet. It, yeah, it, it was. Did. A, it was I mean, a, yeah, all the choir ride, the Twisted Sister, the all the warrants, all those were all going to the wayside, and you know what I mean. And the Saigon Kick, even yet, we had yet those here, bands but. to this day, you know, they do music testing, and those bands, people still love. You know, the people that are fifty, it was fun. Def Leppard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It was fun. It was fun. And you know what else How was old fun? Are you? I am. I'll be forty-seven next week. Yeah. So you're. You, you probably like some of that Def Leppard, but yet you probably love. I, I, the Pearl Jam I stuff. I love a little bit of everything. Yeah. Now. I mean, because I grew up on classic rock because I'm the youngest of six. Oh, okay. So, so all yeah. my older brothers and sisters, I mean, I used to thumb through the record set. So I grew up on Deep Purple and Zeppelin. And what do you listen to on a boat? Right now, <laughs> currently, I'm listening to a lot of stick figure, a lot of reggae. Really? A lot, lot, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. Um, you know what I mean? And then I just, I'm it's all good over fishing the place. music. It really I'm, is. I'm all over the place. I, I really am just all over the place. It depends on who's I in mean, charge I, of the radio. I, I get in the jazz. I mean, I, oh, I, get, wow. I get in everything. It, it really, there's no, Miles Davis always had a, the, the best quote about music that I've ever heard in my entire life. And someone asked him that same question. And he's like, I listen to everything. If it's good, it's good. Mm-hmm. That's it. Makes sense. Yeah, the same yeah, thing with like, art. If my son's in charge of the music, I'll hear some stuff that I don't want to hear. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, they'll, they'll throw country at me, and, mm-hmm. and then I'll go, oh, wait a minute. Let me throw some stuff that I know that mm-hmm. you haven't heard, like a deep cut from Skinner from my era. And, yeah. Sure. Oh, those guys can will. Yeah, that, that, they That's can. why we did got along so well on my boat. Exactly. We had the classic rock playing the whole time, pretty much. Yeah, well, we, I if think I'm we listening this- to country, I like it to have a little bit of a southern rock influence to it. Yeah, that's for sure. You know sure. who I got into? I lived in Nashville for a year of my career, maybe two. And uh, a girl I was dating turned me on to Lyle Lovett. You know, Lyle Lovett. If, if you I ever had listened, a boat. Well, there you go. Yeah. If you ever listen to, but he does it. He has an album called uh, Lyle Lovett and His Large Band. And it's a blues big band hmm. album. And if you like the sound of big band music with his bluesy, soulful voice, mm-hmm. I, it's one of the greatest albums. Yep. It's in my top 10 of all time. Lyle Lovett and His Large Band. I'm just saying. No, okay. no, Lyle, Lyle Lovett's hey, that's the solid dude, stuff. It the really dude is. It's smart music. Dated Julia Roberts. Yeah. I mean, with that face, <laughs> how yeah. did that happen? Right. I was right, going right, to go right, there, but right. you just went yeah. there. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Um, gentlemen, I don't want this to end. No, but me I, either. But this I guess it has to end eventually. Let's keep it going until right? 4 in the morning. You know, <laughs> all all right. podcast I can, for a I month. Can. He's the one that's going to edit it all. <laughs> and I got a show. I got to do, I think. So, um... I would, Wait, I would. Let's all fish together sometime. I would Yo, we got to do that. That's the thing. Yeah. Justin's got to be in there too. I've been trying to get him to take me fishing. You just, I'd never get the call. But you will. I'm just gonna you say, will. I'm just going to say. <laughs> and and, and we'll get Paul. We'll get Justin out there. And, right. and the, the absolutely, Snook Slayer. Absolutely. We can bring him out there too. He's the Snook Slayer. Is, right? is the Big Swede still with you, George? The best. He's right. here. Uh, absolutely. Rob the Swede Green. And he's in charge. his crew. He's a great guy. He's in charge of the seminar series television production, as you well know on that. And he's still with me, obviously. See on my on my TV, he's, you know, he's such a uplifting guy, and, yeah. and and Paul, I think you you're like wired like I am too. 
the more upbeat a person is, oh. the better you are at doing what you do. You you have to have somebody that really elevates you and your mood to keep you in that positive zone. And Rob, the Swede Green, as you well know, he's just so positive. We we, we nicknamed him. We call him the uh, feel good man because when he's around, he talks. Uh, uh, he yeah. just elevates everybody. You are preaching the choir. And, you know, it's funny. I, uh, one of the guys I work with for most of my career has been a guy named Toast. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, 2020 came and through whatever the reasons were <clears throat> corporate decided there was cuts to be made and mm-hmm. toast was a, a casualty. And I scroll, I, sc- I, I found out after it happened, I screamed bloody murder. And I said, you don't understand. He has, he brings an energy that you guys, I need that around me. Sure. I, right. feed I, off, I, I fed about. off his energy yes. and, and there's something to be said about that. And, <laughs> You can't just always look at the bottom line. You got to look. No, at, you can't. You know, at, at, at the what this. We're trying to entertain people four hours a day, and you know when we're all together and crap's going on, political garbage. But if you got a guy in there with that energy, like the big sweet or toast, you feed off it and you keep it. You do. You and just, people hear you talking about that. Oh, come on! There's nothing like that. You can't feed off somebody's energy, but oh, but it's true. Hundred no, percent true. You can. Ever work with a sourpuss? I have. Oh, yeah. hey, nothing so, worse. Hey, I understand that too. And uh, I'm you a said positive. he was a sourpuss. He's a good guy. No, we still come and see him every now and then. <laughs> but you know, you, you know, I'm a I'm a positive person. You know, I look at a glass; it's always half full. And, no, no, uh, that no matter. That's, <laughs> well, that's because we got a slow bartender. I mean, well, you, <laughs> I got the old uh, from him. You know, know, if we keep ago. drinking, I don't <laughs> want your wife to complain and send you home drunk again. I guarantee you that if this conversation continues and we drink a little bit more, at some point one of them will go, you know, I love you, man. And then, and then we've eroded. That's when it would be. He's in a crack first. I guarantee you. Oh, I'm done. I'm already, yeah. I, I started this five minutes in. Trust me. Hey, well, but, from all of us here, uh, this I'm Paul Castro. You know, well, thanks for coming. No, I'm sorry. So, <laughs> there's a reason that he's been on for four episodes, and oh. it's because of everything you're saying. It's, a, it's just like, hey, you yeah, know, he, he keeps it. coming back yeah. for some weird reason. I don't understand why, but he does, and I love it. We could it. just do the three of us every week and have everybody else. <laughs> I'll have my people call your people. <laughs> well, we got, listen, here's the thing. All right, so we got a new new part of this show, right? Right, and another layer. And I talked to Myatt about this the other day. We are going to add the celebrity bartender for the show, and they're going to hang out at the Pilar Bar. I think that's so cool. Like and we're yeah, going to do, do, do a new camera angle, and we're going to put a, uh, what do you say, one of those radio mics? Yeah. Let, yeah, and we're going to do that. And then uh, Bombshell is going to be our first one, and she's going to come on, and she's going to do the whole whatever. And, you know, I, I've already had, talked to her I've about it. I've had celebrity bartenders in our studio <laughs> from Papa's Pilora. For, it's a great thing to have a bartender while your show is on. The problem is, by the 9 o'clock hour, it's like, Sonny, yeah. the highs are on 80. You're starting at 6 a.m.? Because you, you haven't been trained at Dennis's old podcast at 10 in the morning. Well, I'm at 8.30. Halfway through. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. Well, if I'm ever invited back, I'll be I live 10 minutes away. I'll be here. Hey, you you, you move the location. So we the longer drive for so me, but I'll still come back. going to be connected by water with Absolutely. the three of us and a celebrity bartender no every week. It. I'm all good with that. I can, trust bring, trust I, I can bring sponsors to the table. I got a lot, go, I got a lot on my plate. I'm good. This is all being, listen, Paul, this is all being recorded. I got this all on record, okay? You can swing by when my house. When you start getting phone yeah. calls from me, you don't don't be like, who the hell is this calling me? Well, no, we're, this is going to happen. I love it. This is yeah. going to blow up. We're going to be the hottest. <laughs> I was, I've been thinking about doing a saltwater fishing podcast forever. I had no idea you guys had one. 
already. Yeah. So let's do it. He has it. I'm just, no, I know. I'm just well, like a, he's a got comic it. guest. He's got it, too. He just doesn't know it he yet. He wrote me a comic yeah. guest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank he, you, buddy. He, he comes in when uh, when he's not filming for the Discovery Channel. How about that? So, um, I know. Listen to Paul Castronovo. Absolutely. The, the, the show. Um, Icon. The weekdays South from Ford 6 a.m. to I'm 10 a.m. I got it right this time on Big 106, right? Well, 105.9. Well, yeah. I made the same mistake. I used to call it 10. Well, it was what, it's big, not big 106 anymore. No, no it, 105.9. It was, it was Big 106 oh, about see, 20 years ago. <clears throat> yeah, no, no. I'm not a pro. It's cool. Con- connected on water. Connected on water. <laughs> <laughs> Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard. Connected on water. I yeah, that. That's pretty right? good. It's a brutal that, group here, isn't it? It, oh, it's it is. Tough, it is. Yeah. I love it. I love that. You know, it's weird. Uh, listening to podcasts, no one ever knows how to say goodbye. No. I do know how to say goodbye. I just don't want to. I'm just going to start drinking more rum. <laughs> from all of us here at the Papa's Villarreal. No, 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 he has a dissertation he goes through. And, Live from Papa's Villarreal. And, he, and, and he go through, uh, he'll, he'll go in here. All right. I'll, yeah, so, I'll just all right, so listen, 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 listen. It almost feels like I'm on uh, church on Easter Sunday or something. <laughs> he gets going. It is. It is. We've got to make our community announcements here but at hey, the end of the day. Do I look okay on camera? We're having a clothing drive. Okay, everyone donate their clothes here and just drop them off in the front. What about Thursday's bake sale? Come on. Listen, you know what the unique thing you, the unique thing about the clothing drives we do here at Connected by Water? It better be Columbia Sportswear, but go ahead. <laughs> Let's connect to my water gear. There you go. So, anyway, so you just drop the clothes off right in front of the window, and just all the bums just come in. They pick them up. We're all done. So but we are having our grand opening on Sunday, March 14th, and celebrities George Pavromo and uh, Paul Castronova will be here. Um, I, I get said, a talent I said, fee I said of $200 for you. That's all you get paid may, these days. May or may, not, may not be here. Um, but we're going to have, uh, we're going to have Papa's Pilar rum. We're going to have cornhole. We're going to have, um, I got my you good got a pig roast or anything going on. We got Jim Rubeck. Do you know Jim Rubeck? No. Okay. No. Let me explain to you who Jim Rubeck is. Right. thought we were out of here. <laughs> hey, see, I open my mouth. We go another 40 minutes on Jim Rubeck. Uh, I'm sorry. Continue, guys. The John Offerdahl Gridiron Grill Off. Oh, yeah. He wins it every year. Oh, for what restaurant? John Offerdahl's. No, 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 but what restaurant? Fear wins? the Cook. Fear the Cook, yeah. He's going to be here grilling out pulled oh, pork yes. and, uh, and chicken legs and the whole thing like that. So he's going to be here all day just cooking food. He made that lamp, that Papa's Pilar lamp that's over there in the, the corner. So Oh. Yeah, yeah. So right, he's cool. a good friend of mine. We, we, is that I, a lamp or some... is that a Molotov cocktail? I it's a, it it might be, might be a little of both. Might be a little of both. So we're going to have our grand opening then um, Sunday, March 14th. And Mark, is Avril going to show up? Yeah. Who? Offered, offered all. I mean, oh, offered all. Yeah. Oh, I said Alvaro. Yeah, Alvaro's going to be here yeah. as well. Yeah. Offered all I may did, or may I not come. I probably just thought I said offered all, but I'm sure it came out. George, you know this for a fact. It's not every podcast I end pouring a oh, drink. Oh, nice. Okay. No. You got the so, file finished. All right. Yes. So I'm going to do that. All right. All right this and has also, been a lot of fun. If you or you or anybody listening or watching are in the market for a new truck, Please go visit our good friends at Joey Cardi Chrysler Jeep Ram. Get yourself. I thought you were going to say that you're trying to unload your truck. No. <laughs> I'm like, where is he going with this? Okay, yeah, I like it. <laughs> I have the new uh, Ram Rebel. I love that thing. It's kind of like driving around this uh, sports car around town. And only it's a truck and it hauls a lot of stuff, and I can pull a boat with it. Right, so and it's really cool. And there's a lot of very spacious inside. Um, go see my man Dean. If you do, go see him, and you say Dennis Real sent me. You might 
get a better deal than most people will. I can't say that for sure, but there is a good chance. And that I got to back happen. him up, and I do this every time he says that because I'm a hundred percent Ford guy. And I've got to tell you, and I come back with the Ram trucks. It, they're remarkable. The the thirty five hundred series. What the they've 3500s done are great. Is been spectacular. I cannot and that's comment. coming from a Ford guy. So. I cannot comment because I'm, uh, Vista BMW would shoot me. No problem. But you can comment on this next one because yes. we are all part of this family um, that reminds us never to be a spectator. So if you're thirsty, and I know you are, right? <laughs> Please pick yourself up a bottle of Papa's Pilar rum, right? Our good friend George brought in the Marquesas. Which we're very limited on this. That that, that right now, that's like the we're best. done, that's right? We're best. done with this. My favorite. <clears throat> yes, it, they are. It's especially. It's our, then, there's only the reserve left. That's on this, correct. right? And it, it, it's uh, that's my favorite by far. So I'm going to keep this. Is that all right? Uh, yes. I'll definitely. trade you one. I'll give Save you one of the shares. No, no, no. Save it till we come back next time. We won't be able to open it anyways. I know Mike too. I know Mike too. Did you hear that? He goes, I won't be able to open it anyways. You're right. He's right. I would like to go to the Marquesas sometime with you and Fish. I've seen you. Why don't we do a show down there? Maybe that's our trip. You took your daughter down there and. Yeah, oh, that's our I trip. love it. It's yeah. a family tradition. That's the place that my father loved mm. to fish. He loved grouper and snapper. I'm an offshore guy. Yeah, I'm a but bottom it, guy. But go there. He would go there forever <clears throat> and fish grouper, snapper, drag me there since I was a kid. There's a lot. And of, I still try to go down there at least once a year. There's mm-hmm. a lot of hogfish oh. in the shallow reefs there. The Marquesas. I'm. A, I love getting no, the in the rock water. piles yeah. there. Yeah, unbelievable. What if you know which ones to go and then what to do? It's a lot of rod bending action, a lot of undersized fish, but. You, you get some good quality keepers, and we've taken muttons 15, 16 what is it, pounds. About 20 miles west of Key 28, West? 28. The spots that we fish 28 miles west of Key West. And then the next stop is the Tortugas? Well, no. Then you, well, you got some other you know reefs and all along the way, but then, yeah, the next really part of land would be Dry Tortugas, which is a, another big haul from there. I've been wanting to do a <clears throat> an overnight uh, Tortuga, one of those two or three like days. Like a Ridge kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. So why would you want to do that uh-huh. when we got these outboards and these boats are so freaking fast? You could. Uh, now, I've done the Tortugas. In one day, you run out, and, and we come back at night. We've done it the second day. Instead of hanging out in a boat oh. all night, you fish it, you race back, you get a nice AC room, you wake up five the next morning, six next morning, as soon as you get the safe light, you charge back out and you do it again. See, back in the old days when the boats weren't as fast or didn't have the fuel capacity or the motors with reliability, used to do that and stay out there. I mean, the whole yeah, thing has I, changed. And, and, you know, I don't know if you don't These know. These are De- day trips Dennis now. and I don't have Discovery Channel paying for our <laughs> fuel bill. <laughs> oh, man. He's like, oh, let's just run back and forth in a Tortuga. I just get free rum. Okay. That's it. I was about to say, if I had Paul Casanova's money, I'd throw mine away. Why don't we, let's save this conversation for the next show. All right. That sounds good. That sounds good. Right? Sounds good. So I want to remind everybody, well, remind everybody, it's too late to register now because by the time the show airs, we will be in the middle of the tournament. But I can remind you to bid on the guitar for the Jimmy Johnson tournament. Okay? So the Jimmy Johnson is this weekend. It's the biggest party on and off the water. Um, And it is, we are, I know as far as this studio is concerned, when it's Jimmy Johnson week, like it's on. So don't make any plans with me because I got, I got, well, I have obligations like all week. Oh, and I want to go to Marquesas so. next weekend. Yeah, we're going to go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I also want to remind everyone if you are hungry, which I know you usually are, um, head over to my good buddies at Papa's Raw Bar, 
right? They oh. have a... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was there two nights, three nights ago. Very nice, very yep. nice. Yeah. Did you order anything off the Connected by Water sushi menu? No, I had the uh, Paulie's Pokey, named, <laughs> named after your buddy Paul Castronovo. Very nice. On the menu, yes. Very nice. We have the... That, it's very nice. We have the, we have the Connected by Water-inspired sushi menu over there at Papa's Pilar. We got the Takizi roll, and we got the uh, OCD roll, and the Jumbo-licious roll. Um, lots of fun things going on there. And we got Pop Amigos over Is that here. Matt OCD, yeah, Matt? Matt Matt's OCD. Uh, yeah. My old neighbor. Yeah. 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 I think if I could put a suggestion in, one of those roles or something over there, you have to have the uh, John Wattler role. He's been a bit instrumental part of this whole podcast. We got to do something for, with yeah. him now. Instrumental part. He's putting together the whole damn That's thing. What I'm all, I, all I do so is show least, up and hey, I, at, I drink rum and I talk. At least give him a salmon roll or something named yeah. after him. He'll <laughs> be the the the, uh, the Cayman they role. Really, yeah. you know, Troy, the uh, the son, Papa's son. Yeah. They really have taken that place. I, I listen. I've been going yeah. to seafood worlds. For thirty years or something mm-hmm. like that, yep. and now it's like with the they got the barrel room, they got the outdoor yep. seating, the the sushi is outrageous. Yeah. Tommy Green, who mm-hmm. ran Custom mm-hmm. Rod and Gun for so many years, did you know he ate lunch every single day at I Seafood World for sure. like thirty yep. years? Yeah, it's a funny story. Really? Yeah, every day, every every day. single day. That's insane. And to the point where I swear to God, I think. He got mercury poisoning. I think. I, I know that. Story? that yes, yeah. I do. I, I, I knew it was mercury he poisoning. Ate tuna. Tuna. <laughs> no, mercury poisoning. Mercury poisoning. Tuna. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He ate two, raw tuna every day for like five years, and they're like something's wrong with him. Mercury poisoning. He was losing his mind. Whatever. That's a true story. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. <laughs> Let's then. end the show on a positive <laughs> note. Yeah. By the way, Paul, Tom, I'm just trying to fill some ads here. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> so what do I know? <laughs> we got Papa Migos coming up too, right? They got their food truck out there in the Bailey Arts District, right? But they're building that restaurant right now. We may or may not be doing some gargantuan murals in the place. So I got to kind of plug on so and see like that. And also, um, I just want to let everyone know that we got designed to. We just got done designing an entire line of apparel for CV, right? And uh, uh, they, you know that's a devil's boat. But when they launch a line, when they launch a line called the Defrio Collection, you got to oh, kind of say wow. something, oh, something really? on your show. Sure. Yeah, so we got the whole Defrio Collection that's, that CV just launched. We just excellent. launched with them last Congratulations. week. Congratulations! Thank you very that's much. Awesome. It's a big deal for the studio. Um, hopefully, CV feels like it's a big deal for them as oh, well. Obviously, so, it is. I'm sure. Um, so we just launched that entire line. <laughs> um, we just got done with phase one. We're starting to get into phase two, which is women's and kids. So we're going to be designing all that stuff now as well. So um, so we are very happy uh, to announce our partnership with CV um, in that in that respect. And last but definitely not least, we've already mentioned them one time in this show, um, our good friends at ACR. It's the reason why you're still here, to keep us alive. Right. So I know a lot of us have a lot of stories to tell about um, people we know that could have used this thing that we don't. That would have still are been unable here. to talk to them anymore. Um, but, oh, you know, Lindsey Ford. You know, you guys, I don't know if you know the story of Captain Lindsey Ford. Uh, I'm looking Please at Paul. Tell us. So where's yeah, this? he was one of the great captains. And well, Bouncer and I went to his funeral. He fell overboard and never saw him again. And, you know, no, no. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, no, no. No yeah. e-perb. And then there's a, also a story of um, a lot of younger Members sure. of our oh, marine community, yeah, that, that, that could have used that as all well. All that could have been, you know, I don't avoided let... with that thing right there. That at the most is going to cost you what six hundred <laughs> at right. for a top end <laughs> shelf one. Wait, this summer I was testing my unit, and I you know, every now and then I test them, and then uh, my son goes, oh, I, I did, I we had two of them, and I, <laughs> you know, the small one, the small ACR, and I tested that one. My son tested the big one. 
but he didn't turn it off. My phone's ringing. I got Coast Guard calling me. Are you uh, in the main off the coast? I don't know what. I'm sitting in my ca cabin. Well, turn off your G your uh, EPIRB. <laughs> really? <laughs> but it was real. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, wow. It All works. Right. Paul, I'm a competitive guy like you. Yeah. I got you beat on that right. one. We were doing a show over at uh, West End in the Bahamas a number of years ago. And I have my EPIRB inside the console door, and I had this one camera production guy. We go away for four days. It looked like he was moving out of his house. Suitcase after suitcase jamming in the console. <laughs> We're running across in a slick calm sea. We go to West End, Old Bahama Bay, and they see us at the dock. We're getting ready to clear customs. Oh, man, you need to come to talk to Coast Guard's looking for you. Looking for what? me for what? <laughs> I open the console door. On the way across in a slick calm, there's one big boat that ran south, and we're going east. I hit the wake. No big deal. But apparently, it knocked this big freaking suitcase that he had <laughs> up, and it activated my EPIRB. Oh, <laughs> so I get there, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. They said, the Coast Guard looking for you. Could I use your phone and customs? First thing I would do is call my wife. You know, I said, don't don't spend my life insurance money just yet. I'm still here. You know? But, no, but wow. seriously, I let her know I'm okay. And she said, well, I knew you are okay because – I called Carl Lederman, Harry Vernon, yeah, his uh, uh his brother-in-law. Said no, because we got the camera boat. The chances of both boats going down on Slick Calm Bay are slim and none. And so I called the Coast Guard, and they said they sent a helicopter up. They're going to call it back. They said we were tracking when apparently you were 14, 15 miles off of Hillsboro, which we ran out of, and then the signal came on. And it kept going. Then we lost you closer to the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. And they said, how fast were you going? I said, it was slick. We were hauling. <laughs> and, and and so let us call the helicopter and get it back. They had launched a helicopter already Thank for God. us and sent it back. And they said, you know, look, you know, you know I told them what happened. You got to tighten it up because that could be a big fine. We're not going to find you or anything like that. So, but I, and then it was funny. They, they had, told you to tighten up. Well, not in those exact words, but I knew what they meant. I knew what they meant. Straight up and fly Straight right. Up, buddy. Yeah. But they on, on Florida <laughs> Sportsman, the fishing forum, which I'm saltwater sportsman, so that's the devil's brand too over there. But <laughs> so what? Don't so, bring up Yamaha. There's a whole, yeah, there's yeah, a whole yeah. big deal on there that George Poveroma was missing. That they had this thread going on. Oh God! Oh, and I had these phone messages when I finally checked. And I told people, let them know I'm, we're good. It just and, and so they put that back on the forum. We could do a whole show about being boarded and 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 people falling overboard. Oh yes, I got a million of those. So no doubt. Well, we we I mean, listen, I really do hope you come back on the show. Oh, we'll be back. I, just I, make I, a phone call. I yeah, mean, what right. the heck? This, we're, this, we're not going to leave tomorrow. This is special. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Next Monday is actually open. Next Monday is actually open. I would stay, but I got to take. I got to take a leak, so I got to go. Yeah, me too. Right. Right. So listen, my the wife's going to point of me. The, I didn't get home for dinner. The point of these stories is this works. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, it is. That's all. It is like a charm. Okay, so. Science of survival. Okay, no Mom, doubt about it. Moms, ACR. make sure your kid has an uh, an ACR EPIRB on the boat. I'm Absolutely, dead gentlemen. It's been great. Thank you so what much. What a great afternoon. Thank you Bye. for having us. Listen. <laughs>
This may, this may have been a fun little afternoon for you, but yeah. it was a big deal for me. It means okay. a lot. So, no, no, I, mean, I mean that. Listen, it really, truly. So you do totally get, Thank o- you. get over it, dude. Thank you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> fucking awesome. I'm honored, man. I love to bust your chops, but if, if I ever get the call back, be, like I can imagine I'll leave. They're going to go, oh, God. Thank God. Oh, God. That guy. Don't ever meet your heroes. Yeah. I mean, Stat no. of the day. Paul Castro, well, thank you very much. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate your time. You're really, a talent. Truly. And, and like, I, that tarpon thing has it's to come amazing. On. You're going to give me that? Yes. yes <laughs> absolutely. $25,000. It could be yours. Um, and you, it's always a pleasure. Come on. Well, I appreciate right. the invite every single time. Our and resident you, you know, co-host. You're never, you're never wearing on me or anything like that. It, it's an honor. And, and seriously, as hectic as we run, still on your term. Bam. Your yeah. Bam. Is, this is like a, just a, like a, a vacation when I could come over here and hang out and then talk. It's a vacation fishing. for me too. Dude, why I, do do this why every, I appreciate I do that. This why I do it every morning. It's the greatest job ever. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. All you freaking podcasters are trying to steal my career. I was painting, like listening to the talk radio all the time yeah. and like podcasts. I'm like, I could do this too. Right. It's I, wonderful. I'm like, not very well, but I could do it. Right. Just for fun. No, you have and a very that, calming, you're a very yeah. calming presence on, on, in the, you know, and your, your voice is very mellow. You're not, <laughs> you don't have an annoying, uh, aggravating sound to you. No, it's Thank you very much, trying sir. to throw one your way. I appreciate it. From all of us here at, uh, let's go. Let's I appreciate try to end that. it. Let's end it. Now. Your one, ego two, is three. not your amigo. It's, Always do your best and let God do the rest. Right. And don't ever forget that no matter where you here, are, I no matter you, where there's you're a, doing, there's a Sunday service involved. Oh, here I we go. Know. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Don't ever forget that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, we are always connected by water. There you have it. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. Appreciate it.